Hey everyone, what's the crack? Welcome back to the podcast. This podcast was made possible by Eighth Corner Coffee. Now, I haven't spoke about it too much, um, mainly because I keep forgetting, but Eighth Corner Coffee is a brand that I've been running for about three years, and we do lots of cool stuff. The main thing we do is we supply really high-quality coffees to coffee shops, and very soon we're going to have an online store so you can all buy some coffee for uh, your house. Um, we also have just got into apparel, and, and um, we've just launched a limited edition coffee-themed kind of charity t-shirt um, and all of the proceeds of this t-shirt are going to go to the inner city helping homeless and uh, so it's a really great cause and um, it's actually a really cool t-shirt it was designed by subset and if you don't know who subset are they're like an artist collective in dublin who are most famous probably for some of their graffiti around the city so yeah as well as great coffee and and uh, that kind of apparel that we're breaking into now we also have this podcast so I'd really appreciate it if you would head over and follow us on Instagram at 8th Corner Coffee. And if you want to pick up one of these limited edition charity t-shirts and make a donation to help fight the battle against homelessness, head over to 8CC, that's the number 8thcc.com forward slash wave to get your t-shirt right now. So my guest today is Pat Divoli. Um, Pat is a speaker, a coach, an author and he also has his own podcast called the Pat Divoli podcast which you should go and check out um, our conversation really delved into a lot of mindset and um, you know kind of what what's involved in developing a positive mindset and what that means day in and day out um, really interesting conversation really interesting guy um, someone who I've wanted to speak to for quite a while now so I was very happy to uh, make the journey to Galway and uh, set up all the equipment in his house to record this podcast with him so without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Pat Divoli. Welcome to Fueling Life with me, Ben Forsythe, former pro MMA fighter and brand director of 8th Corner Coffee. In each episode, I bring you an inspirational and motivational person or message with the aim to help you to fuel your own life. Now, let's jump into it. Good. This yeah. is where it gets awkward. This is the hardest part of the podcast, yeah. yeah. Genu- genuinely, every time. What Sometimes is? I'm running around the house with great ideas for a podcast, and then mm-hmm. I go up to record one, a solo cast, and I press record. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Pat Dibley. welcome to the podcast. And then I start choking on my breath. Yeah, <laughs> just because like, you have it all in your head, it's racing around. What do you record your podcast on, actually? Um, Garage Band. I think it's Garage Band. And we just, what mic? Is it just a... We have a Yeti mic upstairs, oh, yeah. I know, but we've got some cheap mics from Toman. Is it Toman, the That's Dutch company? Great, great website, yeah. Yeah, 20 quid or something. So it's. Yeah. Um, there was like them or music, or the one that I use, Gear for Music. Like they were the two that everyone was telling me. Yeah. And they're both like real cheap, real. Yeah. It's great. It's for nothing. Yeah, these were like, I think there was, this was like a package for like the stand, the mic, and the cable. And so there was a pop filter with it as well, which I just don't like them because they just block your face. Yeah, yeah. And so I just put these little. Um, windshields on the set it's the job i think it does the job um but that was like 70 euro for, nice. for one set so it was like 140 it's so accessible now like my first few episodes i did on, on the iphone did you yeah it's yeah. like that voice memo thing so yeah. it's just like talking into the phone my first episode was was uh, something like the time will never be right and then the lesson in the episode was oh, because you you're put i get it I i'm like i'm yeah. not gonna wait for the perfect yeah. mic i'm not because yeah. i've found that over the years people like People say, oh, I want to be a speaker. Or I want to start a gym. Or I want... 
but oh. I'm just waiting for X, Y, or Z. And it's like, you probably get it. I get it nearly every week. Someone goes, I'd love to do jiu-jitsu, but I want to get fit first. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. just, just think about what you're saying there. Yeah. 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 Like, I'd love to get fit, but I want to get fit before I get fit. I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah. And the thing is like yeah. action always comes before feeling, right? So like, if you want to feel confident, you got to do something first and then you got the confidence. But people mistakenly think the mm. feeling comes and then I take the action. So it's like, People say, I'll be grateful when I'm a millionaire or I'll be confident when I meet a girlfriend or I'll be happy when, rather than being like, what's the thing I could do first that would give me the feeling? Mm. I think that's where people get it disconnected. Because when I ran a gym for years, it was the same thing. Yeah. I want to join the gym, but I'm just going to lose a few pounds at home first. And it's yeah, like, there's just... this girl at jiu-jitsu a couple of weeks ago yeah. and she she came in and she was on her own and like it's mostly lads training and I just... I was just conscious of her. I was like, it's a hard thing to go to a, a class. So like, I want to make sure she, she's kind of acknowledged and stuff. So I give her a lift home and I was like, fair play for coming. Like, I yeah. hope, you know, sometimes, bad or yeah. And like, sometimes people aren't cognizant of it being someone's first class. So they don't make any particular yeah. extra effort. They're friendly and everything. But, and she said to me, oh yeah, it's such a big thing. You know, I've spent the last literally six to seven years thinking about going. So this Whoa. taking the step was huge. Whoa. So I was like, fair play. Well, look, you've done the hardest bit. Make sure you come back. Mm. And then I didn't see her again. So I messaged her on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And I was like, what's up? I haven't seen you since. Yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to do some stuff at home to get better. And I'm yeah. like, it's jujitsu. What are you going to do at home? It's going to make yeah, you better. With the dog. <laughs> Unless she's doing yoga. But uh, yeah. Mm, it's a weird barrier, isn't it? That, I, I honestly get that all the time. Just like, I'd love to, but I need to get fit first. The other one that's mm. a funny one, do you ever get people that'll say, so I went surfing two weeks ago and mm -hmm. I was supposed to do a podcast with someone and she messaged me and she goes, oh, I'm so jealous of me going surfing, you know? Yeah. I started thinking about it. I was like, well, surfing cost me 20 euro. Yeah. I have to drive an hour each way. And that's the, that's the entry point. I knew she was off for the weekend. She's got 20 euro to spend. Yeah. And so it's like, get there. are yeah. you jealous or what's stopping you kind of thing? It's, it's a funny one. We sometimes well, say that. Was that. Did she message you like, the, a, like a reply to your story kind of thing or something? Yeah. There'd been a couple of times. I, so I think often when people write stuff like that, it's almost like they're, they're trying to say something else or they're, yeah. you know, they're, you know, he's just, she's just trying to, you know, her or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Or, or maybe she just wants to, she just wants to surround herself with positive people. And sometimes I'll do that. Like, you know, sometimes if someone puts up something and like, it, it's more like it's like a signal it's like a not virtue signaling but like it's like i'm just kind of gonna go i don't know you're doing some, there's some other motive behind it i think yeah i just wonder sometimes you're not literally jealous of what they're doing but you're you're saying something but it's not what you're writing yeah like in, in, in my talks recently i've been doing a piece on i'm calling it the first hundred hours mm -hmm. and it's this new thing i'm, I'm playing around with that nice. basically the thing that stops people trying things is like mm. the fear of looking silly or looking stupid or being a beginner yeah. or failing or whatever failure is or the judgment that comes with not getting it right. Mm. So I started surfing a couple of weeks ago mm. and I'm awful. And like I'm in with 10 year olds doing my classes or I was yeah. with a hen party one weekend doing my class. <laughs> I'm just like being thrown into these different classes. So I did a couple yeah. of lessons and I just promised myself I was like, I'm do a hundred hours before the end of the year. And that's my only expectation. Don't need to stand up on the board. Don't need to be good at it. Don't all, just do a hundred hours is a lot. Yeah. So I'm like, if you do a hundred well, hours, it's probably about three hours though, is it? Two hours. Yeah. So, so like it's, so you, you do know, 50 lessons before the end of the year. Well, I'm just doing my own thing now. So I just go down and I rent a board and I, I just do that's go a for a couple of hours. of hours. It is a lot of hours, but yeah. my mentality with that is do, do anything for a hundred hours. You're yeah. going to be better. 
And the thing that stops people is the first 100 hours. Because like that girl that came to a jiu-jitsu class, she does yeah. two hours, she feels a bit awkward because she yeah. can't do the roles yeah. and she doesn't know what's going on. So I'm like, right, if if, if me and you are going to live for another 60, 70 years, hopefully, imagine if you picked one thing a year and you said 100 hours this year, I'm going to work on something. Like I'm going to learn French this year and guitar next year. And, and then if you find something you really like, you're like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this or whatever. But I think one of the things that makes people old is like giving up on themselves once they reach a certain age and their whole world is family and work. And that's fine. But I like, you know, have hobbies and like go and do things. But what's the one thing you could do and say, I'm going to give this a hundred hours and I don't need to be good at it. I don't need to achieve it. Like we try to achieve enough things in our personal lives with, with, you know, financial goals and all these different goals. Have no expectation on yourself other than hundred hours. I suppose it's tricky because especially when you have like, like, uh, my mindset and I imagine it's probably similar to yours it's hard to do something and not want to be good at it mm. it's really hard because you're like when I want to do something like even with this podcast for example when I put out the first one um, that I actually did upload uh, and the audio wasn't great like I lost sleep over it mm. like literally I'm like this is not, not I'm not thinking no this is the worst thing in the world but I'm thinking oh like I was just really feel it like in my core I'm like I just want to be good at this Kind of yeah way. so I, I i don't know i don't know if i have anything that i'm that i'm happy with being okay maybe like cooking or something i suppose something that is that's right under my nose that i don't really realize yeah like i cook every day or whatever but i don't i'm not really caring about being the best chef in the world i suppose so maybe there is things that I you think do my mentality it feeds into the jiu-jitsu stuff as well it's just like fail fast fail often mm. and learn from it kind of thing where like if I mess up the audio on a podcast, I'm not seeing that as bad because I'm like, oh, okay, there's a lesson in that if I choose to take it. But like most people will take failure as being a reason to give up. And we did a talk a couple of weeks ago and I'd love to think all my talks are really inspiring <laughs> and interesting, yeah. but half the room had completely shut down. Like oh, there was a hundred people in the room and half of them would just, it seemed like they were disconnected. And I wanted to be like, oh, it's their fault. You know, I'm really inspiring yeah. that. But then I was like, no, it's always my fault because I'm I'm the boss here. I'm running the show. I should be, you know, making people feel good. And I wanted to quit speaking after that. And I've done like 400 talks the last couple of years. But I was like, <laughs> you wanted to quit speaking. I was like, I'm not good at this. I feel awful. I feel judged. I feel like I messed up. I feel like I'm not good at the, all the self-doubt that we always get. And then I was like, okay, what's positive about this? That's always the question. What's positive about this? No matter what happens, you fight with your partner. What's positive in this? Okay. We know how to communicate better now because we've learned something like always what's positive. So that night I was like, rather than get caught up in my feelings, which I had done already, let's like dissect the situation. And we started getting very practical and it was like, okay, rather than I, I, I sort of put it this way. I say, when we live in our heads, it's like we're in a movie and we replay whatever happened a hundred times and oh, we make it more dramatic than it was. Mm. So I'm like, I'm like the people that turned on me and it was a mutiny and like I'm making it this really dramatic yeah. thing when in reality, a few people in the audience looked a little bit tired and bored. And um, I said, right, what's the facts? What actually happened? Rather than not what's your feelings? You feel triggered. You feel this. What's the facts? And when I looked at it, it was the case that the speaker system was not very good in the hotel and there was no speaker beside the pillar where those exact people were sitting. So it's like, oh. what's positive about this? Yeah. I've Make learned sure next time. Exactly. I've learned that I need my own sound system. I bring that to the hotel going forward. And that talk was very important. And that wasn't a mess up. That was a massive learning. Yeah. So it's, it's a good mentality, I think, to try yeah. and try and live. Not always easy, but what can I learn from this no matter what happens? 
Yeah. And like you said in one of your recent podcasts, I really like that. The It wasn't your quote, but you said it was someone else. Um, that uh, if you have a problem, you can do something about yeah, the problem. Yeah, That's yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That is because like your problem there was, all right, they were bored because this, because I didn't have a speaker in that place. It's like, all right, so I can just get a speaker in that place. Problem solved. Yeah. yeah. Done. So you don't have a problem. Like, and just having that mentality is really, really valuable. Yeah. It's, um, I or, don't know. Or you could just, maybe you just weren't interesting. Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> Everyone's just shutting down the podcast yeah. now. They're like, this guy's an ass. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's, uh, I don't know, is it stoicism? But that idea mm. of like not, not getting too caught up in your feelings. So like a lot of people, say you go to a motivational seminar, you listen to something, you get inspired mm-hmm. and then like, I want to take action on something. And you know, you want to take action on it. You're excited by it. And then you go home and your partner triggers you and then you feel stressed. And then like, I'm not going to do the thing I thought I was going to do. It just, just, cause then, you, you know, know what that happens you, you, pretty much every day. <laughs> and actually, no, not every day, but that does happen a yeah, lot. Yeah. Now you're saying that. I've never thought about that. But it I think it's your feelings getting in the way. Cause you're like, you expect yourself to be motivated all the time, inspired all the time. But I think when you, when you have those moments where you feel positive and inspired and energetic mm. and enthusiastic and you make a decision, one of the things you got to commit to is like, I'm going to do the thing irrespective of how I feel. Like for me with the jujitsu, um, Mm. I'm going to train five to six times a week, irrespective of feeling tired or feeling stressed or feeling, and it's just a commitment to make to myself. And I, I let go of the need to feel excited to train all the time. Cause I'm like, you don't have to be excited to train all the time. You just need to show up. Right. So can I act in spite of my feelings um, and not get caught up in my feelings when they're not what I want them to be? Cause yeah. that's what throws people off. You know, I used to think if I had a bad day, I'd be like, this, this is, you're not supposed to be sad. And so I'd have a bad week and it would just become a, a downward spiral. Yeah. You know, that's actually how I feel exactly right now. Well, not right now while I'm talking to you, but like. <laughs> Welcome to like Galway. In the past. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really. Uh, just the past few weeks, that's exactly like how I felt. Months actually, maybe even just like that kind of, I'm supposed to, I'm not supposed to feel like this. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing all this. I'm trying to do all this cool stuff. I should feel, why don't I feel motivated? Why don't I feel and then it does spiral actually now that you say it because I don't know why it spirals, but yeah, I think again, it's that, that mirror, uh, the, the, the movie in your mind becomes more extreme and, and you've got these massive expectations on yourself. And, um, yeah, I think too many people wait for the feelings to come when the feelings generally come after doing like, I've struggled with anxiety since my teens mm-hmm. and it, it can come out of nowhere. Like I could speak to a thousand people in a room today and then go to my local post office the next day and be fumbling over my words, talking to someone I've known all my life. So it's weird. But, um, where's it go with that? With the, with the, um, the anxiety side of things. I've lost my trail of thought on that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. You're just saying like, how do you get through it? I suppose. How do you, I don't know. Actually now I've lost your train of thought as well. Anyway. Just thinking about the panic attack in yeah. the local, uh, yeah, that's the it, local that's post, post office. office. <laughs> no, um, don't worry. Yeah, no, I was listening. I was, I was, it was a Tony Robbins again. We were talking about him. It was, he was talking about, I don't know if it was someone, one of his guests on or one of his, or if it was him saying it, but like he was asking someone or someone was asking him, like, how does he just do all this stuff or whatever? And he's like, I let go of the, like, it doesn't matter. I don't care if I don't feel like doing it. I do it. That's yeah. It. I don't care how I feel, whatever. I'm doing the thing that I need to do. So that's mm. kind of what you're talking about, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But actually, we're, you know, yeah, where I was going with that was when I have a day where I have anxiety, mm. I'll start living in my head and thinking, 
this is not good. This is a disaster. I've got anxiety. I feel really bad. And I'll, I'll, I could play that for six hours. I have so much to do. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed. Yeah. And then six hours will pass and I'll be like, what have I done in the six hours? What have I actually acted upon? Nothing. I've just nothing. lived in my head. Like yeah. I've literally done nothing. And there was a phrase a couple of years ago, action alleviates anxiety, which sounds very clinical and sounds very kind of but it reckless. Does. Yeah, but doing something makes it you does. feel a bit better. Because mm. like, it's always worse when you're just sitting there thinking about what you should be doing. Because living in your head just makes everything worse. So it's like even making a list of things and like getting one thing on the list done, I think kicks you into action. And like, and it's not about getting more done. Oftentimes it's taking your foot off the gas or it's like turning off the phone. But like, what can you do? Mm. Like, like it's say you had an exam the next day and you spend the whole day stressing about the fact you've got an exam and you're not ready for mm. it. That doesn't help, but doing a couple yeah. hours of study might help. So it's like, like you say, if there's a problem you can do something about, you don't have a problem. Yeah. yeah. And when you worry about something, you then have two problems because you've got the thing that you're worrying about and then the fact that you're worrying. Yeah. So your one problem turns into two. Yeah. yeah. I, I say it's living in the movie rather mm-hmm. than being the director. And that's why meditation and journaling and getting things on paper and all these practices yeah. are important and slowing down because you go from this emotional mess who's completely controlled by how you feel to being able to step out, be like, okay, it is what it is. You know, what can I actually do in a practical sense? And yeah. I think that's important. Do you journal much? I was talking to someone about this. I spent three years probably journaling every day. Did you? And I found from doing that, I just, I'm, I'm quicker at getting perspective in situations just from doing it. Like I think con- consciously I can just, I can get a wider perspective straight away. Yeah. Like someone cuts me off in traffic and gives me the finger. Mm. I don't react in the same way I would have a couple of years ago. Mm. Cause I've got like empathy maybe, or, or I'm just yeah. like, it just doesn't matter to me. You can I'm like just access your logical mind quicker or something. I think so. No, I still have my moments of course, but yeah, I've done a couple of years of journaling from like Byron Katie, who's her stuff transformed my life. I would say. I heard you talking about her. I don't know who that she's is. Class. I've heard the name. I feel amazing. Yeah. So you, you know, what? actually she's a bit like Marmite. Some people oh, don't love was her. She on, she was on Russell Brand's podcast yeah, recently. Yeah. I wasn't particularly you didn't like crazy. It. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Now, you never know yeah. with, with people like this, but for from as much as that I picked up through my, my headphones sure. or whatever, or my car rather listened to the podcast, I just I just felt disin, that she was disingenuous. Yeah, she's got a funny tone and And it could just be it could literally be that. Yeah, it could just be her tone, but I just didn't I didn't I just didn't believe it. Yeah, it's hard to know. There's a couple of people that I've learned from over the years that I would not have connected with them as an individual and I wouldn't find them warm. Mm. I wouldn't find them endearing, but I've been able to connect with the material. It's John yeah. Martini is one guy. Yeah, because maybe if I was reading it, it yeah. would be a different story. Well, if you watch some of her stuff, it's just interesting to see the process, the way it works, basically. Her her perspective is all st- all stress in life is a story you have about how things should be. And it's not being yeah. that way so like you think you should be happy all the time and so you're stressed because you're not and she says if you could get rid of that thought you wouldn't feel the stress that you feel or like i'm in my 30s and i should have a partner or i should have kids or i should have a house that's an expectation yeah, you created that yeah yeah so that's self-imposed and well, so that her I process, buy into. yeah and her process then is four questions to help you work through it yeah i remember this because they heard the example they were using was he had gotten russell had gotten angry at his assistant for bringing him to the wrong venue okay she was taking them through the process of how you would evaluate that okay yeah, and yeah. It was these four questions i think which i can't remember so yeah so i'll go through your questions but what she'll say sometimes is if I'm on stage and I'm taking someone through it and I'm laughing 
or I'm poking fun at the person. I'm not actually poking fun at the person. I'm poking fun at the madness of their story. So for example, if someone came up. That's a good excuse. Like, to yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she'll say like, if someone comes up on stage and they start crying, I'm, I'm single and I'm this age and I should have a partner by, mm. by now. And Byron starts getting sar- sarcastic with them. She's not poking fun at them. She's just like trying to show them that all their yeah. sufferings. This She's thought. highlighting the fact that it is the way that it is that your mind is driving you crazy and you can let it go super easy so anyway there's four questions um and then there's turnaround so the questions like you'll take your belief so if my belief is let's say my friend turns up late for lunch i feel triggered by that because i had a busy Mm -hmm. day and i don't feel like they respect me maybe my belief is my friend doesn't respect me Mm -hmm. and her four questions first question is is the story true yes or no so you probably so you have to analyze it then you have to go right you just create a little bit of space from being like yeah. and you're probably still triggered so you're like yeah well of course it's true they turned up late so that's the first question second question can i absolutely know my friend doesn't respect me because they turned up late you open a little bit more space you're like maybe they got stuck in traffic maybe they got personal stuff going on okay maybe they do respect me so there's a little bit of space or maybe you, you continue to believe it mm-hmm. third question is who are you or how do you react when you believe the story who are you how do, you, who are you, how, how, how do you show up? So let's say if, if I showed up late for lunch mm. and it's in your mind mm. and we're sat at lunch, you're probably not present with me. You're probably thinking about, he's an ass, he turned up late. Yeah. So who are you? Well, I'm not present. I'm stressed. I'm triggered. I'm judgmental of that person. Um, I feel angry in my body. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel good. So that's who you, so you so see. So it's who you are when this happens. When you believe the thought. When you believe the thought. That, okay. So, so when you believe that your friend has turned up really late and he doesn't appreciate your time who will you become when that happens yeah how do you react um and then the last question is who would you be without the thought so if i let go of that thought that my friend doesn't respect me i'd have more compassion for myself and more compassion for my friend i'd be more present with them and i'd be i'd be feeling better so that's the first part that gives you a little bit of space the second part then is the turnarounds and the turnarounds is where you turn the story a couple of different ways so the way you can turn it I hope this is making sense to people listening because it's kind of a like quick course on, on her process. But oh, let's say my friend doesn't respect. So Paul doesn't respect my time. There's a couple of ways I can turn it around. The first one is to say, I don't respect Paul's time. Yeah. And then you try to find a couple of examples where that might be true. Like in history. Yeah. Yeah. So when, so when you've done something similar, perhaps. When you've done something similar, or it could even be, well, he's turned up now for lunch but I'm not present with him. So I'm not really respecting his time because I'm thinking about how okay. he's been wrong. So it, it just forces your ego to maybe detach a little bit. The second way you could turn it around is to say, I don't respect my own time. So you turn it on yourself and you say, well, I spend hours every day on social media and I'd spend hours watching Netflix. And then I say, I've got no time to do things I enjoy. So it's, it, there's always lessons. Wow. That's her kind. Wow. And then the last one would be to say, um, I don't, so I don't respect Paul's time. I don't respect my own time. And then the last one would be Paul does respect my time. So you go to the opposite. And you, and you just think of examples when he has respected it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the process. I would encourage people to look at it, the work.com, like internet. It's for some people, it's not for others. Well, the way you described it there sounds amazing. Mm. You can use it in any scenario and go, okay, look, I can chill here. Yeah. It's, um, but I just, I don't know. I just felt, yeah. Whatever, but suppose that how it's packaged really is it can can be a big factor in it. So look, I don't do myself any favors business business wise by referring everyone to Byron Katie, but just I, I do think like, stuff. Well, just, just do a Pat Daly <laughs> yeah, version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. You like the work, you can call it. I go from like five minute abs to four minute abs. I'll just yeah. make it an easier yeah. three three yeah. questions. You heard of four or five minute abs? Well, I've come out with four minute abs. 
three questions instead of four. Yeah, um, you can call it the grind or something. That was a form of journaling that I've done. Um, and then I've, I've got my own journaling course and I've, I, I would just. So when you're, but if you're doing that, if mm. you're journaling in that way, mm. are you writing that about one specific thing that happened that day that, that, that triggered you or something? Yeah. So there can be different ways of doing it. Mm. Um, and is it only applicable to negative situations then? That's the only time you would probably feel the need to you use it, I would say, it, yeah. because we yeah. talk, we talk about when we've got, like, we're motivated by something. Let's say you, again, you go to a motivational seminar on a Saturday or you watch a motivating film or you, something comes and you're sparked with inspiration. Song or something, could be anything. Yeah. And then the next day it's gone mm-hmm. and you think it just disappeared by itself, but there was probably something that happened. So maybe someone cut you off in traffic. Maybe someone looked at you funny. Maybe someone didn't email you back on time. There could be a million things. And you can take any of those situations. Like I've had one where I spoke to a guy and he was triggered by the fact that someone cut him off in traffic. So his belief is they're not a good driver. And when I made him turn it around and say he wasn't a good driver, he's like, well, I am a good driver. And I said, are you a good driver when you're stressed and pissed off at the world? And you're thinking about what this guy's done wrong. Are you present? Or you, become, you actually do become You become what you don't more, like. More, yeah. yeah. So it's You like, become them. Yeah. So journaling, journaling and meditation. dropping some knowledge here. <laughs> <laughs> But journaling and meditation, all these things are like, it's just widening your perspective. Because like anytime we're caught up or we're stressed, we're overwhelmed, we're anxious, we're insecure, we're fearful, any of those things, mm. it's because we believe the world is one way and we don't see a wider perspective. Um. This is like, cause this is just jumping into my head and uh, where, where I'm prying so much is probably this was me and Connemara and, uh, on Saturday, because, you know, I went with three other people to do that, the, the six of the 12 bands hike and, uh, they were grand. Like, yeah, the three of them now it was tough for them. And they all said it was like the toughest hike they've ever done and stuff. But the fact is that they weren't in a dark place and I was, yeah. And it's all just because of whatever I chose to focus on. Yeah, you know, I, I was focusing on how long we had left and I was focusing on the fact that there's nothing I can do about it. And I was making all these excuses I was like, well, it's because everything I've done in life uh, so far, like f- physically, there's a stop button on it mm. in a way, if you know yeah, what I mean. Sure. If you're in the gym and you don't want to roll again, you yeah. just go, all right, I'm not going to roll again. Yeah, yeah. If you're in a fight and you, for some reason, hopefully this never happens, but you just don't want to be like, you can, you know, you can kind of let them get the better of you or something or um or even in the gym and you want to do or you're on a bike and you're like well, i'm done I stop yeah when you're hiking yeah you're out there you can't do that yeah and i was like see that this is why i'm like this this yeah. is why i'm not trained for this and all this i was making all these excuses and it's put it uh, then that was probably for a period of about three hours in the middle and then i finally came around to being like oh like this is all just you're creating all of this in your head mm. like literally uh, your your struggle right now is is like um it's just in your head is the idea your focus dictates your feelings so where that's, your attention goes saying, yeah. i was trying to make a rhyme out of that earlier yeah it's like where your focus goes your energy flows or something or is that yeah, what it is? yeah something along those lines yeah, your energy flows is that what it was yeah and so then the journaling or the meditation or taking a moment is like can anytime you're stressed can i widen my perspective in some way mm. um so in that incidence it could be the case that you're comparing yourself probably are comparing yourself to other people mm. so it's like they look like they're enjoying it more than i am yeah so that's reflection of me not being good at something or me not being fit for something yeah. or whatever it is and so um and do you find that a constant daily practice of doing that then because i find with a lot of stuff like this um 
you know concepts of, of this is what how you have to act is really hard when you're in high pressure scenarios yeah for example like um i've said recently i've been a, a little quote that my housemates loved was like it's hard to be spiritual when your legs are killing you because like i've been like on a whole kind of spiritual journey recently and like that's spiritual being spiritual is quite easy when you're sitting down with your legs crossed yeah, yeah, yeah. you know in your own mind like yeah. it's grand but when you're walking up a hill and your legs are on fire and your calves are on fire and you just want to stop it's really yeah. hard to keep that so like with something like journal do you think journaling every day makes you then be able to be in that like in that high pressure scenario to be like i need to evaluate this there's a guy called ram das i don't know if yeah. you've come across his yeah. stuff and he's got a line that Something like, if you think you're enlightened, go spend Christmas with your family. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I know it's the same like, idea. Yeah, it's brilliant. With that stuff, I think for me, again, coming back to my anxiety stuff, what I noticed was a recurring cycle of, there were certain things that would make me feel good, certain things would make me feel bad. Like alcohol would bring on my anxiety more. Uh, meditation and journaling would keep it away. And then sometimes I'd have this moment where I'd be like, I've overcome anxiety, so I'm all good now. And I'd stop doing the things that kept me well. And then it would come back in. And so what I'm getting at is prevention is better than cure. Is that what they say yeah, or something along those lines? Prevention is better than a pound of the cure or something. Like yeah. That. So with that in mind, it's like, right, the journaling practice, the meditation practice, the like drinking water, the, the basics yeah. need to happen consistently and not let it be guesswork that, yeah. um, okay, I'm just, I've got these tools up my sleeve for when things hit the fan. It's like, nah, yeah. do the, do the consistent practices just, simple stuff um oh you're 100 right because i was telling you earlier that the past few months i haven't felt like amazing and and then when I, if i really think about it it's because i've let those stuff fall away that i would usually be in the safe from from the start of the year i'd probably meditate every day mm -hmm. uh, in some sense and i'd and i'd make sure to get my whatever physical thing that i need to do that day or whatever make sure to get it in but then I can pretty much a clear cut say that when I started feeling bad was when I stopped doing those things. Yeah. And when I stopped focusing on even listening to like some sort of motivational or podcast, I don't know if you don't use the word motivational, sure. but you know what I mean? Like some sort yeah, of inspiring yeah, yeah. podcast, something like that. I was, I was starting to listen to more like maybe music or something or, and know music can be good, yeah. but sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it, it's not really, it's not really um, achieving anything sometimes. I don't think people who are musicians are going to hate me for that. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, you can you can spend an hour listening to some music and maybe you need that at that point and you want to feel it in a certain way from that music. But yeah. you can also spend that listening to a podcast that's going to make you feel better or something. I think lowering the expectation of yourself is important. Like there's all this talk about morning routines. Yeah. So people are always asking me, they're like, Pat, all the YouTube videos I see are uh, like, my morning routine. With 20 steps on it. People are like, Pat, what's your morning routine? I'm like, I wake up when I wake mm. up. I drink a liter of water yeah and have a cold shower and that's me done yeah. and they're like what about this that and the other yeah. i'm like no because if i've listed 10 things mm. and i don't get them all done i feel like a failure before i've even left my house yeah but if it's really small and i can get small wins early on yeah the other little thing i've started doing which has been really positive recently has been answering the question in the morning today i'm excited for dot 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 mm. and then fill in the blank and the idea with that is a lot of people wait for the weekend or their holidays or the next yeah. summer to be excited. It's like, what if you put something every day? And mm -hmm. if there's nothing there to be excited by, put something there. Put something there. Yeah. It's like, you, you know, start a dance class, go and learn yeah. to cook. You know, there's so many things yeah. we can do. But yeah. yeah. I think I'm good at that. Like I don't, 
I'm not really a holiday person. Now we go on a lot of holidays, but it's usually um, dictated by Janet. Yeah, you kind of just let her do whatever. But I'm 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 looking more for like this, the days, like the small things in the day. Yeah, like I'm more that person, like doing an ecstatic dance class or something. Yes, like, yes, yes. Like yeah, talking about yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. I think I'm pretty good at that. Um, and I've lost my train of thought there again. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not worry. It's just gotta be the theme of this. Um, but I don't know. But we're saying those. I was saying about morning habits and stuff like that's what I was saying. Like, uh, yeah, I think I think lower the you, expectation. Just have a couple of simple things. I have with jujitsu as well. Like my brother started jujitsu. Just recently got his blue belt. Saw actually. that. Yeah, yeah. Unreal. Like uh, that. He like he started when he started. I think he was like 106 kilos when he started jujitsu. I think it's about a year and a half ago. Now, and he hasn't been like you know we wouldn't be going every day. We're going like two maximum three times a week. Maybe I think the odd week four or whatever. Yeah. But um, like some of the, the advice that I kind of gave him at the start was like, don't say you're going to do four next week. Say you're going to do one. And then if you do two, it's a bonus. If you do two, yeah. That's something that I I tell everyone that. Any, anyone who's going to start anything, I say, set the expectations low, which is yeah. what you just said. Um, I had the exact same thing when I started jiu-jitsu again three years ago. So I did judo as a teenager, but I did jiu-jitsu. Mm. And I knew going back at 28 or whatever I was, that I was going to set the expectation too high, mm. feel bad about myself. So I said, right, two to three sessions a week. If I can get that, I'm doing well. Mm. Now I'm up to six a week and most week I get six a week, but that never would have happened if I started with six a week because no. I would have done it for a week. And you would have felt terrible for not. would have felt terrible and not. And that's what happens everyone with like, you know, from the fitness industry, I work with thousands of people in fitness over the years. Mm. And it was always the person that tries to eat perfectly all day. Any little blip feels like they've fallen off the wagon. The person that tries to get breakfast right mm. has a mini win. And then they say lunch, I might as well make a good decision here. And then they say dinner, two yeah. out of three ain't bad. Um, so yeah, th- there's an idea of good, better and best, which is a good way of kind of setting your week up where for your brother there, okay, a good result this week would be two jujitsu sessions, better would be three and best would be four. Okay. If I fall anywhere between the good, better and best, yeah. it's a win rather than I got to be perfect. Yeah. If um, you don't hit good, then you got to try harder next week kind of thing. Yeah. Same like morning routine. Okay. Good morning routine, cold shower and a glass of mm-hmm. water. Better morning routine, cold shower, glass of water and 10 minutes meditation. Best routine, 10 minute walk on the beach, 10 minute meditation, water and that, I like that. Yeah. That's really good. Gives people a bit of leeway. Yeah. The other way of thinking of it is uh, uh, floor and ceiling habits. So the floor is I'm going to have one healthy meal in the day. The ceiling is three healthy meals in the day. Anywhere yeah. in between is going to be a win. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah. Just got to give yourself a chance, isn't it? Yeah. I I do I've actually I, I was like maybe I'll make a morning routine video recently and I was like what do I do I do, I do actually have some sort of but then sometimes I'll miss someone I'll, I won't be annoyed I won't beat myself up about it because I think I've done it for, I've done this for years through fighting and stuff like I know the crack kind of thing to an extent yeah. which is also a trap thinking you know the crack but you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, but like if I miss one I'm not too bad about it mine is like as simple as yours it's make coffee because, well, I'm going to do that anyway because I'm addicted. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's a process and it takes a few minutes and that, that kind of way helps wake me up. Uh, drink a pint of water and mm-hmm. um, do 10 reps of something, make my bed and then and like meditate for like 10 minutes. And meditate for 10 minutes means sitting, drinking my coffee, not on my phone, basically. Yeah. That's it. Like su- It's like super simple. And the odd time I'll forget with 10 reps of something, like just purely because I'm not awake yet or... Or I'll forget to drink water or something like that. But it's grand. Like, I'm still kind of following through it. But then, yeah, I think it's expe- setting your expectations low is big. Yeah, it seems so counterintuitive, but it's like that compound effect idea again. Mm. I tell this story in the seminars about the um, 
the race to the South Pole. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard that story. It's like it's kind of a business metaphor in it. Of okay. there's two teams racing to the South Pole back in 1911. I think it was. Right. And this was one of the last unexplored regions. So it was like a massive deal. If you if you were the first team to get there, you'd go down in history and you'd be like royalty, you know. And um, the two teams raced down there, and it was like horrendous conditions. Like yeah. they had dogs pulling their sleds and uh, at some point they'd have to kill the dogs and eat the dogs for food for fuel to keep them going crazy stuff right um anyway they took very different approaches so the first team said when the weather's good we go 16 hours of trek and then we get into camp and we we rest for eight hours when the weather's bad we stay in our tent all day and then the second team their approach was we go 20 miles if the weather's good and then we get in our tent and we relax for 16 hours if the weather's bad we do 20 miles we still do the same thing and they got there 11 days faster and they were the only team to come back alive do you think this is true true story yeah yes they were the only team to come back alive and um the lesson then in that is like rather than it so the idea was what is your 20 mile march like what is the thing anyone listening to this like if there's an area of life you want to feel a little bit better in Mm. what's your 20 mile march what's one thing you could do every day for the next 30 days in spite of your feelings Mm. so know that over the next 30 days you'll have maybe five days where you feel on fire five days where you feel really bad and 20 days where you're taken away so there will be good days bad days and in different days it's like again coming back to fitness if i expect every workout to be amazing Mm. that's a big expectation but if i say i'm going to train three days a week for the next year that's 150 workouts if 20 of those workouts are really good that's pretty good going but you got to keep showing up and and put in the reps like you had Kieran Davern on the last um, podcast (laughs) yeah that guy's like working toward his 10,000 hours in jiu-jitsu and it's like you can't not get better I think he did it in a week (laughs) (laughs) he's incredible like he he lives on the mats and he's really inspiring to watch him but that's the idea of like if you keep showing up Chris Howder said that he's the black belt of uh, Matt Thornton's yeah. lineage. Um, Chris Hote. I don't know how you say it, but I like this. I like a, saying the word Hote. He is class. He's a quirky character. Yeah, he is. But he says it's not who's good, it's who's left. Who's left, yeah. yeah and I that's think it. that's a nice way of we're all we're all gonna be somewhere in five years. So like where you're gonna be is dependent on your yeah. twenty mile march, what you do consistently. Not when you feel good or not mm. when you feel bad, but when, every day. Yeah. I found that with fighting it was like um pe- like people always thought and it's the same with anything, people think there's a uh, like a secret they're like no no like how did you get really good at that yeah and you're like uh, i just did it loads yeah yeah and like no no really how did you get good at it i'm like no no i just i just went every day and like even um training with connor a good bit years ago not now but like um probably more like five or six years ago his only advice that he would ever give to me and, and that i would hear him give to other people was keep showing up mm. it wasn't like you need to go and do this and watch this video and do this. it was just like keep keep showing up yeah yeah and that comes back to what i was saying with the first hundred hours or Mm -hmm. recording the first podcast on the phone it's like every step you take you learn a lesson Mm. it's not always the lesson you want to learn but it's a lesson irrespective so like Mm. the first step is the hardest so turning up to the first class whatever the class is and then the next hundred hours is dependent on your attitude like i i was um I showed this video on a seminar recently where it's a kid doing a, a, a on a skateboard doing a 1080, I think it was. Uh, the first ever 1080. First ever 1080. Something or whatever it is. Yeah, so whatever it's gotten to now. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, Tony Hawk shared it. I don't know if... The kid's about 13 and he does this like crazy trick mm. and he lands it in the excitement on his mm. face. And I turn to the audience after and I say, 
the excitement on his face because he's done something for the first time. Mm. I said, anyone in this room stands on a skateboard tomorrow? It's probably your first time standing on a skateboard. In your mind, you should have the same mentality. Look what I've achieved. Ah. But no, because you're comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. So like your first surf lesson, your first swimming lesson, your first, mm. the first thing you do, you should be like super, as cheesy as that might sound, super proud of yourself. Because I think adults just lose it. And they're like, I have to be good at everything. I ha-, you know, they're afraid of judgment. And that's largely to do with the internet as well, because we have so many things to compare ourselves to these days. Yeah. Like if you jumped on a skateboard 20 years ago, yeah. you, you could be the best kick flipper in your town. Yeah. And you might think you're class because yeah. you don't know about like yeah, the, yeah. the dude down the road who has a YouTube channel and, and like, and he's doing like 360 flips. Yeah. It's just, it's so, everything has just become so, so much closer or like you just way, way, way more things that we can compare ourselves to. People just have no context. Like Joe Wicks, the body coach who like yeah. f- blew up in the last couple of years. Mm. What people don't know about him was he does those 60 second cooking videos and people think he was an overnight success. I think he did 180 days in a row mm. where nobody liked on his videos. No one gave did him he? any traction. And then something happened yeah. and someone shared it and just like that blew it up for him. So it's like yeah. that was six months of doing a video every day that no one ever saw. That is like I do one a week ish. Yeah. And I've only done that since the start of the year. So I think I've made like 30 something videos or whatever. And I'm like, this is gonna, like sometimes, gonna, I'm, yeah, sometimes yeah, I'm like, yeah. I look at the views and I'm actually really lately I've been really good. I'm like, I don't, I put it up and I go, I don't actually care what the views are. Yeah. Cause all I know is I have to keep putting them up. Yeah. Um, but like it's easy, it's really easy to go like, well, oh, just don't need this many people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Any success story you hear, it's always like, I was doing this and it didn't really work and then it did. And that's why it's probably important. Who's probably, that's why it's again. definitely important to be doing what you enjoy because like I put it to people that say the, the the speaking stuff that I've been doing for the last couple of years, speaking was like the furthest thing from what I should ever be doing. Cause I'm shy and I'm an introvert at, at, at heart and I, I don't want to be on stage. Like I, I feel hard. I still, I'm like, Oh, what am I doing? Like this is, but I love it. I decided to start. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love you. I love to, to be in the center of attention. I meet people, and they're so much better suited to doing it. But, <laughs> but, but I, 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 I tell stories in a way that people seem to resonate with. So, I, it works for me, and I'm enjoying it now. But I've done 400 plus talks in in three, four years now. Is that all you've been doing talks for? Uh, four years. I think my I did TEDx four years ago, maybe, and I've been doing talks you since did then. A TED talk. Mm, but. Um, it's one of my bucket list things I'm going to have to, have to ask you after yeah man go, go for it it's a that. great I mean the Ted is interesting I'll tell you what scared me with Ted was actually that wasn't my first talk because I was doing longer workshops at that time mm. I had done an eight hour workshop at, at that stage and uh, I was doing Ted and someone goes you must be nervous and I was like why would I be nervous it's ten minutes I've done eight hours mm. and they said yeah but you can mess up in eight hours and pull it back on track they go in ten minutes what? Who they, is this? First of all, yeah. who is this person no, they, who sent they, this they, to you? They woke me up, to be fair. Like they said, you know, if you make a mess of a 10 minute talk, it's kind of hard to pull that back in. I was like, oh, I better take this seriously. Is this someone you consider a friend? <laughs> yeah, but they were, yeah. yeah. Um, but like the speaking thing, I've done 400 plus talks. And like the first year, I was so scared of speaking. I said, I'm going to do 100 free talks, travel around the country, up and down the country. I spoke in schools, colleges. Um, I spoke everywhere. I spoke in an old lady's shed in Roscommon. She told me she had a gym and I turned up and it's just her and her friends in her shed. Like all these, really? all these learning experiences. I'd say that was good crack though. It was good crack. And I learned from it like everything else. But, but what I would be saying is like anyone that tells me they want to be a speaker, if you're not willing to do the 400 or if the 400 will be miserable to mm. you, it's probably not the right thing. And, and that that's not a reflection of you not being a good person or not being capable of doing it. It's like, you're going to live once. It doesn't make sense to go and do something no. for that long to be good at something that isn't really true to you. 
there's loads of stuff I, I wouldn't want to do. Um, yeah. So you have to, it's like Steve Jobs used to say that. He goes, the level of work that is required to get good at something, you need to be enjoying the work yeah. that you're doing because otherwise it's not worth it. You know, like you'll yeah. get there, but you're like, what is this? It's like child actors that never wanted to be child actors and right. then they just become junkies when they get there because they're like, they're not fulfilled, you know? Yeah, because they never wanted to do it in the first place. Yeah, so they put in all this work and they achieve their people yeah. project onto them that they're a success, but they don't feel successful because yeah, they don't like not, where they're at. Yeah, but, because like the thing I shared actually yesterday, the Earl Nightingale quote that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal is it written there. <gasps> there it is. Uh, that's the record. That's the best book ever. The Strangest Secret. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That was Sorry the- for people listening on, <laughs> uh, on, on Pat's uh, Fire, fake, fake fire, real fire. I don't know. Aesthetic fireplace. Aesthetic fireplace. <laughs> he has an Earl Nightingale. Is that a record? It's a record of that book. Record. Yeah. Earl Nightingale, the strangest secret. He looks slick in that, doesn't he? He's in like a. That's a, the a suit number one book that I recommend when people ask for a book recommendation. It's, Is it? Yeah, I think it was written back in 56, 1956, and it was the first book in the personal mm. development fields. Really. Yeah, he was like the guy who kind of revolutionized the whole personal development. Did field, a million sales of that record or something? He really? was on national and radio. And that record. So that's just that whole thing. Just that, a 25. That, just, you know, on YouTube it has like the cutouts. So that's the actual record of it. Yeah, right? but the record, it's only 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Is it unopened? It doesn't look like it's opened. Oh no, it's in the record player there. We'll play it ah, after. It sounds man, nice. With it. Deadly. Yeah. Um, it's great. Yeah, it's on YouTube. The full book is on YouTube. He's got longer books, but that 20, 25 minutes is just a nice, it's so wholesome because it's yeah. come from the 50s and he's like, got this great voice. And Yeah, yeah. he does. He really does. I love that kind of, and you hear the crackling of yeah. the, I just love it. Yeah, yeah, Same yeah. with some of the Alan Watts stuff. Um, yeah. You hear the kind of crackling in the background. It sounds like old timey because of his kind of English accent as well. I'm like, well, he must be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it yeah, sounds yeah. like this. It's like, if you feel like uh, when stuff was written longer ago, or so, like some, if it's from like the sixties, like, oh, it must be true. <laughs> or something. It's like this. But weird. there is that idea of essence, isn't there? Where like mm. the essence gets lost in things as it becomes more and more diluted. Like, because any of the stuff we talk about with personal development goes back to simple principles and like fitness. Isn't, and, isn't that strange? And, yeah. Like it is, it, it always boils down to the same, like do what you love, like you're saying there, mm. um, you know, and like the same normal core principles, like the kind of standard core principles, like the challenge then is selling that, like, how do you sell the obvious or the, the, mm. the, the common sense approach isn't sexy to sell. It's more sexy to sell like a five-step system or a 10-step system to... Is that either right? So you reckon it's all sales-driven? Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, yeah, there's this... this I would talk with this guy in the States when I was him, I was on his podcast a couple of months ago and we had this great conversation off the podcast and then we pressed record and it yeah. just didn't flow. But we were talking about that and saying it's almost like a pyramid scheme mm. where rather than doing the work that's required to achieve something, mm. I'll buy into all these courses and think there's a secret. Yeah. There's no, no, there's never been a secret. There never will be a secret, but we distract ourselves by procrastinating into thinking. It's like David Goggins. I see David Goggins. Yeah. The biggest question people have with David Goggins, they're like, what's your diet? Thinking that he's got a six pack because he follows, yeah, a, diet. He follows a diet. He's a six pack because he runs about 200 miles a week yeah. and he's an and he absolute just animal. Stop. He just yeah. doesn't stop. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, but you don't want to believe about. that. You don't want to talk about earlier. People want the quick thing. They're asking you, like, how'd you get so good? And I'm like, I just did it a lot. Yeah. That yeah. is the secret. Like, yeah. Unfortunately. Like, talk to Kieran, you know, um, like, same thing. Like, how'd you get really good at Jiu Jitsu? He'd be like, why are you even asking me this question? Like, how that. do you think I did? Yeah. I just did, did Jiu Jitsu three times a day, every day for the past four, like, four years. Like, 
that's why I think it's important to like pick the things that are important to you in life and then have that 20 mile march and have that commitment to like, I'm going to act in spite of my feelings. That's mm. why I like when I book in talks, mm. like I have to show up. Like last week we did three talks with 250 mm. people at each of them. Mm. And it's like the last thing in the world I want to do is get on a stage and talk for three hours. Mm but I'm kind of in now because it's 250 people showing up at the hotel and they've already paid. So I kind of have to do it and I don't feel like doing it, but I feel like a completely different person after I feel alive and I feel, I would say the energy is unreal. It's yeah. So I love teaching. I teach barista courses once every kind of three weeks and I might have a group of 10 or 12 people and just having their attention and saying something that I can see that resonates with them and that they understand. Even for me, I get so much energy off that. Like I come home, like, yes. I love this. Like, this is so good. Like I love seeing the look on people's faces when they figure something out for themselves because of, you know, so I'd imagine a few hundred people. Yeah. I just feeling of value and feeling like you're making a difference to some degree. And, and, um, the, all the self doubt disappears for a moment in time. It comes back the next day, mm -hmm. uh, uh, like everything yep. else, but it's like, yeah, you just feel, and you feel connected to people because you don't really have that a lot. If you think about day to day, when you're teaching a barista class, you got 10 people in front of you that are present, yes, that are focused on, on what you're doing, that want to get better at something, that are not, they're just present, I suppose, yeah. which is, is rare. Yeah, because learning is a form of mindfulness, if you think about it, because you, you have to be present. Yeah. You have to be like listening really well. You have to be... You have to be open. You, you have, have to, to be open. Yeah. You have to let go of... You have to use your two ears and... What, yeah. What's they say? You've two years. Two years for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Out for a reason. Yeah. 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 So you kind of, my friend Jerry says that he's like, um, if you only listen to yourself, the only voice you'll ever hear is your own or yeah, something, something to that effect. That, yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't learn into new. But that's coming back to journaling and meditation. When you do those practices, you actually get to meet a new part of yourself, which is kind of interesting. Because like, if I never take out pen and paper mm. and ask myself questions, I would literally ask myself questions of like, what does success look like twelve months from now? What are my fears? what will I miss out on in my life if I don't overcome these fears? Mm. And you're like, oh. A lot of times you don't know. You don't know the answer. And you're, no, and you you're never asking yourself space. the question, you don't yeah. even know. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were going to Kilimanjaro yeah. soon, right? Yeah. The biggest thing I find with some of those mountaineering trips is the first day or two, you're walking maybe six hours a day and then 14 hours some at night. But the first day or two, you're like, oh, I miss my phone and I miss being on the internet because it's just like natural. We're on that all the time. Right. The next couple of days, you start to kind of enjoy it and you hear this like inner voice coming up a little bit with some, you'll just start getting some clarity, like, because you're getting a bit of perspective on your life. You're, course, you're not yeah. in the movie anymore. You're looking mm -hmm. at your movie. Mm -hmm. And and then by the end of the trip, that little voice in your, in your gut has become so loud that you can't ignore it anymore. Like I remember being on a mountain in Russia and I had five staff at the time. Mm -hmm. My wage bill was like, 15 or 20 grand a month which was not what i signed up to it just my business i kind of got away from me i wanted to be a solopreneur and just have a nice lifestyle yes. suddenly i've got this pressure of x amount five, five people but then you got people with 500 people that that can just handle what it were but they I, doing for you? and so i had a gym here in galway so oh. I had people working in the gym and then i had admin staff that were doing my online courses I had a couple hundred online right. clients um but anyway, I'm on this mountain and the first day or two, I started thinking, this is nice, you know, just getting to go and do a trip. And, and, but I have to think about my, you know, I, I got to make money now. I got to make 15 grand to, to pay the wages and I'm away. So not much happens when I'm away in terms of sales. It's more, they stay yeah, on top of things. And then, to make the money. Yeah. And then as a, as a, as a week goes on, I'm like, wouldn't it make sense to 
go back to being a solopreneur and just do my own thing and how simple life would be and mm-hmm. I, uh, what I earn will be my own. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of 14 days, like it's mm-hmm. just roaring at me. It's like fire your staff or like yeah, let go yeah, of your yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, of course you don't want to do that. Yeah. Had I been at home and the same voice had come up, I would have made myself busy or distracted myself rather than listen to myself. Do you know that kind of way? Mm. Sometimes you know what you're supposed to do, yeah. but you don't want to do it because it's uncomfortable. So you, you come up with excuses or something. Yeah. yeah. And the biggest excuse is busyness and distraction. And like, mm. I would pick up anytime we're uncomfortable in my experience, at least if I feel uncomfortable or I feel lonely or I feel bored or I feel insecure, the feeling is not nice. And so I try to like get away from the feelings. So yeah. That could be alcohol, that could be junk food, that could yeah. be scrolling social media mm-hmm. rather than sitting with it and kind of saying, okay, I feel what I feel. Can I change based on that? Yeah. So the mountain, you're kind of forced into a lot of headspace for yourself, a lot of a new environment, yeah, inspiring conversation because you're around 15 to 20 people or whatever amount of people that have all taken two weeks of their life to do something. Yeah. You know? I'm yeah. so really excited now about this. It's class. Kilimanjaro is Kilimanjaro is definitely. Yeah, yeah. What I do, on, uh, which which I, I would I would encourage is, when I'm on a mountain and I have these ideas, I write them down and mm-hmm. I make three commitments off each mountain. So I I make three things that I'm committed to. Oh, do. I'm gonna do this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I always say I'm gonna get a dog, and then I never get a dog because I, I just travel that too would much. Be the first thing <laughs> I do. <laughs> no, literally the first thing I, just, I do. I just travel too much, and people tell me the nightmare stories about like. They say it's harder to get a dog sitter than a babysitter, but uh, but really? I'll, uh, but like that, I'll, I'll say I'm 100 going back doing jujitsu when I get off this mountain because you just have so much. Yeah, life is just so time. simple. You're yeah, you're just like, what am I doing? I'm chasing my tail at home. Mm. I'm gonna get rid of that. I'm gonna start doing this, and I'm gonna spend less. T- you, you, when you're on the mountain, you'll be like, oh, I feel so much better when I'm off my phone. So yeah. I, I'll write down, okay, less time on the phone when yeah. I'm at home. Yeah, and it's again, it's that idea of. These are my commitments. And when I get home, forget about my feelings for a second and just come back to my commitments. This is what I promised myself when yeah. I had clarity and I, ha- I had a bit of perspective. Yeah. Now I'm back in the noise and I'm back on autopilot. Yeah. Am I going to deviate to where I was or am I going to mm. do? And it's not easy, you know, it's, it's huh. it, there's always going to be a, a battle there with like, um, like Zen you versus everyday you. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It happens all the time. You're like, I know I should be doing this, and that's why I have this thing is like an is an intention stone. Okay, that I had from one of the ayahuasca ceremonies. Okay, it's like this, uh, and it's like so. This is the stone. Like you, at the start of the ceremony, you you put your intentions into, it or after ceremony, what you the lessons you took out of it, like those three things, or whatever. Yeah, you kind of you like embed that in that stone like just and then you go every time you see it that's what you're supposed to be reminded of yeah and that's with this one it's like uh, for me it's like listen more like two ears yeah, one mouth. That, yeah. that was actually the lesson um you know be be more understanding with women and less and more like kind of encouraging with women and then um see i can't even remember my third one now <laughs> no it, uh, my third one was just to uh uh was just to get to know like my my fam people around me better and stuff like that and just, just you know, stop talking and listen more and mm. the power of, of breathing and stuff as well so stuff like that it's, it's really powerful though but then it's you'll have moments where i can't you know and everyone has some emotional moments it's usually emotion it's always mm. always emotion isn't it mm-hmm. and uh and i'll go no you're supposed to be doing this yeah you're supposed to be doing that thing and stuff it's hard to apply it's a, it's a tough struggle and you can fall into that trap of like, especially after doing ayahuasca, I was like, sure, that's me fixed now. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, and then I'd start to slip back into some of my old habits. I'm like, here, what's going on here? I feel like this wasn't supposed to happen. I'm supposed to be just grand after this. Yeah. It's never the case. And it's the same with like, 
you're coming off a mountain like you're saying and you feel like you've learned all these things but then you still have to you gotta be straight with yourself and someone said to me once you can't transcend the basics and i think it's a good way of putting yeah, things that like yeah. a lot of people that want to go on a diet plan I, I used to have clients that had read more dietary books than I had. They had hundreds of books on the shelf, but they just couldn't lose weight because they were jumping between so many different plans. And this book says I can eat tomatoes and this one says I can't do this. And this one says, and the basics were drink more water, eat some protein, get yeah. some healthy fats, cut back mm. on your sugar. That's always going to be the case. Yeah. Um, you can't transcend that. No. So no amount of yeah everything else but we tend to get caught up in the the fads and the kind of yeah just in everything like you know distraction like there's mm. like what moves me forward and then there's what keeps me stuck and, and yeah so to go back to my brother actually then so when, when he started jujitsu i didn't uh, finish he was like 106 kilos and i was kind of talking to him and telling him lower your expectations stuff and, and he was asking me about diet and i was like right tell me what you're kind of eating right now and like literally what we came up with was uh drink less milk and more water um, and eat less bread and between that so less milk more water less bread yeah and doing jujitsu he's lost over 20 kilos class in a bit in like a year and a half yeah that's yeah, it yeah, yeah like so there's your secret yeah small changes that are that are easy to maintain yeah and regular exercise did you read james clear's book no. Atom- atomic habits mm. I sometimes tell people like with the book, a book takes, if you listen to the audio books, you're looking at nine hours, which is a big commitment of time. So a lot of these guys, when they bring out a book, they'll have a keynote on YouTube that has about an hour that is like the best of the book. So like James Clear has got a bunch of keynotes that are up on YouTube. They're about an hour long, but he's the expert in um, how to implement, how to make or break habits. And he gives some good examples of, you know, it could be simple things. Uh, The difference between me watching an hour of Love Island versus watching an hour of, Alan Watts and doing it for a year yeah. is nine forty hour work weeks. So that's the equivalent. Like, so if you want to get good at something, yeah. if you committed an hour a day for a year, whether it's jujitsu or anything else, mm. but nine forty hour work weeks, that's what it equates to over a year. Mm. So like if you're a personal trainer and you feel like all oh, the industry is flooded and there's too many personal trainers, if you were to commit to being the specialist in lower back pain and you study that for an hour a day for a year, mm. suddenly you're probably, yeah. probably the most experienced person in the country. Yeah. In terms of personal trainer. So it's yeah. 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 Small, small commitments that you can do consistently. Yeah. It's, it's real. I was, I'm still shocked when I see him, my brother. Yeah. I'm like, like, he just looks like a different person. I'm like, what's he doing? He's like, not much really. Just bit of jiu-jitsu and a few small changes. That's why I think fitness is so important to people. Like I was, I was 10 years in the fitness industry and had a gym and all these different things. And, um, the reason I transitioned into, I suppose, personal development was a lot of my clients were quitting jobs they didn't like and, and, mm. and leaving abusive relationships. And there was all these other things happening. And what I put it down to was when you do anything fitness wise, you have to do the work yourself. So Jim Rohn's got that quote, you can't pay someone to do your pushups for you. Right. So you can never delegate the work that's involved with fitness. Um, and so when people put effort into something and they see a direct return, that instills confidence and then they start thinking I can do this in different areas. Mm. And that's why it's so important. And for your brother there, Mm. that's why martial artists can oftentimes transition into being really good business people because they don't expect a result for work that they didn't do. Yeah. Um, So it it works nicely and jujitsu is, that's what business taught me. I did jujitsu when I was a teenager, mm. but my mentality at that point, if me and you trained mm-hmm. and you beat me up, mm. my mentality would be Ben's good at this and I'm not good at this. Mm. So I'm not going to do this. Whereas now, having gone through yeah. business and lots of failure in business, it's kind of like, if you mm. beat me up, I want to know how I can get better. Yeah. 
Like when I roll with Kieran, I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to roll anymore. Like how it's can I survive for five like minutes? It's terrible. It's it's um, I get absolutely destroyed. But I'm going. That's the potential. Yeah. I'm like I could do that also. Yeah. And how exciting is that? Yeah. You know. And it's I I've been looking at this recently myself because like it's great to surround yourself with inspiring people and one thing I find myself sometimes I have to catch myself is. I'm very quick to compare myself to like the really elite people at different things. Me too. So, you know, I'm a hobbyist with jiu-jitsu. I train six times a week, but I love it. And it's obvious that trains a six, that trains six But times I find a, a lot of jiu-jitsu people are hobbyists that train a lot, but, but I'm, there's no point me ever comparing myself to Kieran because Kieran's whole life is jiu-jitsu mm. and he's dedicated 10 years, mm. whatever it is up to this point. And I, I do other things. I do my speaking and my coaching and stuff. I'm very quick to like compare myself to the best at something. Or mm. I often speak with Jerry Duffy, who's a marathon runner. He did 32 marathons in 32 days. No. So I've done a couple no. of marathons. Again, I'm very quick. I'll do a marathon and then I'll dismiss my accomplishment by saying, but Jerry's done but 32. Jerry's done 32. So it's nothing. So yeah. like you got to find the middle ground, I suppose, between being inspired, but not, um, not dismissing your own accomplishments and your own growth. It's yeah. like who you are now versus who you were three months ago. That's the measurement of your success probably more than. That is. Yeah. I do. I feel like that I'm okay at that. Um, I do because I even come down, listen to your podcast that you were like, this is episode. I think it was 70 something or maybe 90 something. I can't remember what it was. 98 now. 98. So we're getting and I was like, geez, if only, this is only my fourth one now. I'm going to have to record. But like, but I don't, it, it might linger in my head or it might go in my head for like a few seconds. But yeah. I'm like, but sure, look, I'm doing it. Like, here I am. I'm, I'm gone. The audio quality of yours yeah. four episodes in, <laughs> it honestly is better than the audio quality of mine in the yeah. first 25. I heard something good recently, which, which I think is, Elizabeth Gilbert said it. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love and yep. a bunch of other books. But she said the, the world needs people who are willing to learn in public, which I thought was brilliant. Ooh. So she's talking about like all these failures she had or like, mm. so I think of all the personal uh, or all the, the the fitness classes that I taught when I was 21, 22 that were horrendous. Yeah. But the speaker didn't work and I was shy and I was introverted and I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. And then I think about all the um, public speaking engagements where I messed up, which is yeah. like didn't care about not that I didn't care yeah. but I was willing to fail in public to, even on this like I could say something now or, and I could lose 50 people who go oh I don't agree with that thing that he said but mm. like being willing to do that you could get 100 more people who are like I actually do agree with that yeah and like you have to be willing to put yourself out there it's like the girl that said I'll come back to jiu-jitsu once I've done a bit at home and I've gotten better it's like yeah. You can't learn certain things in the mm. comfort of your own home. Yeah. You have to put yourself out there if it's speaking or it's personal branding or it's jujitsu or yeah. um and if you're listening, by the way, get your ass back into jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to send it to her. No, but I thought I it was it it made me I won't say it made me sad, but it made mm. me a little bit sad that it's like yeah. she was so proud of herself that day and like talk about like life changing your life could literally change like someone who's been in a, not even in a rut but someone who's like working the same job for a couple of years in a nice relationship goes about their day to day goes out every saturday night and that's that's their life that's cool and that's great but for that person who's been in that routine for a long time them going to a dance class or a music class or picking up a guitar or doing something for the first time is that's life-changing stuff um and that's the hardest bit is the first day and it's like just allow yourself to keep going with it so for her that was huge. You know, she's done yoga for years, but she said seven years I'm thinking about coming to jiu-jitsu. So for me to show up on my own, I'm from a different country. I'm the only female in the class. It's a big deal. So I'm really proud of myself and then never see her again. It's like, ah, yeah, hopefully don't lose the momentum. 
No, I think I think it was just I think it was just a little bit overwhelming. Maybe like you know you know what it's like. There's beginner classes where where they're quite catered, and then there's the normal class, and it can yeah. be fat. Even the warm up, you're like, oh yeah. shit, I can't do a tumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it can be daunting. I'm sure. Yeah, but hopefully she comes back. Flip side then is like you. Jujitsu people are so cool. Cool for the most part is you know yeah. they've all been through that and had to go through that for six months, twelve months before they're tapping anyone. It's yeah. like it takes a lot of humility to. I suppose that's why when you do martial arts, you just you, that becomes a good skill that you have. Like I'm willing to be embarrassed here on a podcast. Yeah. I, or you know, it's not probably not going to happen, but like I'm yeah. willing to, for it to happen. Because the same way, like when I joined. I was talking to Kieran about this when I joined the pro team and he was one of my first spars or whatever and he was just telling me, Oh look, you're grand, just just keep it doing that kind of thing. But I was getting just taken down again and again and again and just couldn't figure out the positions and but like because I've done all that, I'm like, Well, this is I just have to do the same thing but in a different form now. If you think about a hundred people maybe turning up to do something, mm. say a hundred people turn up to do a public speaking engagement and for the hundred of them, the first one doesn't go that well. So there's a second opportunity. There's probably only 20 of them that are going to turn up for the second opportunity. Mm. And what I'm getting at is like, it's pretty, I think if you're willing to keep showing up, there's actually a pretty steep learning yeah. curve. You can actually get pretty good at things very quickly. Yeah. It's just those first hundred hours or yeah. first even 50 hours probably. Yeah, I keep saying the first hundred hours. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. I wanna set, uh, yeah. You can want to set up a website, the first hundred hours. Doc, I shouldn't, I shouldn't yeah. say, I didn't oh. need to register that. But it would be cool to get people excited about life. And I remember I said to my mother the other day, I was like, what do you think about this? I was like, if you pick one thing a year and you did two hours a week at that thing, that's a hundred hours in a year. And you're probably decent at that thing. Imagine how interesting and full a life you so could that's have. That's a nice way to say it. Two hours a week. Yeah, that's super accessible. I mean, I'm take, extreme. You can take two weeks off of Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like there's 168 hours yeah. in the week. Can you give yourself two? Yeah. Um, and ironically, like say for business people that are like super head down with the business, sometimes the bottleneck for those people is the lack of creativity and the lack of creativity comes from being stuck in patterns and routines. And if they start two hours a week of yoga or playing the guitar or stamp mm -hmm. collecting or bird watching or foraging, mm -hmm. suddenly it's like they see the world kind of different and they know what it's like to be a beginner again. And they know what it's like to learn something and to be open and to see the world quite differently. So mm -hmm. I think, I think it's, I'm going to push that idea. I think yes. it's important. That's good. If you frame it like that, I think it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah. Like, um, just almost like a, you know, I was, I signed up to this thing recently. It's like a year long meditation. It's, I can't remember who does it, okay. but it's just like, a, it's just basically like a, you're committing, but you're not committing. Like you're just committing to yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're like, right, I'm going to do the a med meditation every day for this. And you kind of get an email every day and it okay, kind of like okay. inspires you and stuff. Like you can just do something like that. Yeah. 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 Dude. You kind of touched on it there. You said that like, you think why you, or you started saying why you, how you got into the personal development space. What would you call it? Oh, I don't know. What I'm still trying it? to figure this out. Yeah. What, what, like, why do you think it is? What, what is it about it that you, that you love or what keeps you in it? Um, I was, I got into like all the Tony Robbins and stuff when I was 12 or 13. 12 or 13? Yeah. I was young. I'm My dad had some books. Yeah. I was, uh, it's funny how the world kind of comes together. I, I, yeah. I was into the internet really early. Like I had a, my dad had an aircom account and I set up a website when I was 12 or 13. It's still up there. WWF Divoli dot. Like it was like pictures of all the WWF divas. And all WWF Divoli yeah, dot, find it dot com. Or something. It must be no, com. Dot aircom dot net forward slash my dad's name. No way. Uh, yeah, it's still there. So it's funny. Like, and then 15 years on the internet yeah. was what allowed me to reach an audience with the fitness stuff. But, 
Um, so I was always into the personal development. And I think when I failed pretty miserably with my first business. Which I was. In, was so I was in Dublin with, uh, I went up to Dublin trying to be a fitness trainer and trying to be a guru and successful and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> trying to be a guru. I don't know what I was trying to be, to be honest. I was com- completely insecure, no belief in myself. Mm. Um, I always had a chip on my shoulder in a way, I suppose. I was I was shy and introverted, but I always felt like people didn't care about me. And I, I, I don't know, I, I just didn't feel accepted. I didn't feel uh, cool. I, I just wasn't comfortable you, in my own skin. Uh, I was bullied when I was younger and all that kind of stuff. So I think there was always just, I just thought I was just insecure. And I think a lot of us are, particularly men in our teens and early 20s. I was oh, yeah, talking to sure. a friend about this the other day. I was like, sometimes we think about people we were in school with 10 years ago. We think that guy's an ass. And then I press pause and I'm like, I was an ass 10 years ago. We were all asses 10 uh, years ago. We're, we're different over, people. Yeah. I like yeah. to think I've grown. They've probably grown too. Yeah. So anyway, I went to Dublin. I wanted to be successful. Moved from Galway to Dublin. Just couldn't get a business off the ground. I was trying to do the fitness thing. I was working in the ILAC center in a clothes shop, but I, I didn't tell anyone back home. I kind of let on. Things are going really well. Oh, did you? Yeah. I was training all the models up there for free. I, I thought that would get me in the papers. So my friends saw me training models and never coming home to go away. They're like, Pat's made it. She's made it. So then when I moved, I moved home on Christmas Eve, yeah. cried for three hours on a bus coming back to Galway at 24, just feeling like the biggest loser and failure going. So that was 2011. And then st- started on the local beach here in May of that year. So I moved back in with my parents, got work in a pizza shop, was like, what am I doing? Wait, why did you move back? Or you just... Just had no money. I, okay. I ran out of money up in Dublin. I had but to you borrow. You still had your job now in the Lilith and now. Um, I think I was let go from that place. I couldn't afford the rent. My dad had to give me a 15 euro to get a bus home on Christmas Eve. Um, And my dad was like, had been telling me to get a real job for a long time. So that was kind of me admitting defeat. So I literally cried for three hours on a bus home to go away. you were delighted to get back though. Oh no, I was, I don't know. I don't know, man. I was completely lost. I I didn't, I'd always wanted to be a fitness guy or a personal development guy. And everyone had told me, because it was before, this was 2011. The fitness thing hadn't really kicked off. Yeah. So everyone had told me it's not possible. You can get a job in fitness, but you can't make a career out of it. And it kind of felt like everyone was right and I was wrong. So six months working the pizza shop back with my parents. And then I said, I'll, I'll start again. I started a fitness class locally with five people on the beach. And I was just, I think I was less of a douche probably at that point. It was like, it was no longer about standing beside someone in the gym and counting reps and asking them how their weekend was. It was like, I had five clients and I knew people were going through mental stuff as well as physical stuff because right. I had gone through like, I just felt awful in my own skin. And so I said, maybe they're feeling the same thing and I can make them feel good for 45 minutes in a day. And so that went from five clients to hundred clients in three months down on the beach. In a year, we had 500 clients, opened a gym, brought out a book. And then in five years, we had 20,000 clients through online training courses. And it just, well, blew, it was crazy. Well, it was, was. So fitness was, yeah, I had a crazy couple of years. Yeah, that's a huge growth. It's story. nuts. Yeah, in Ireland's best young entrepreneur awards, all this kind of. Did you get that? Not, yeah. I was cool. the top three. I won Galway and Connacht, but. Uh, nice. But anyway, yeah, crazy couple of years in fitness. And then I just wasn't loving it anymore. And I said, I'm, I'm a bit of a fraud here. Like, I don't want to be telling my clients, go and do what you love. I'm not loving it, even though it's making loads of money. So I gave the gym to my friend, completely walked away from fitness. Wow. The week of doing the Late Late Show, I did the Late Late Show. And that week, when I should have been making lots of money mm. off the back of that, I was like, nah, this isn't for me anymore. Went traveling to find myself. Where'd you go? I think I just went interrailing at that point. Yeah. I remember the first night interrailing and some guy's like, what age are you? And I was like, 26. And he's like, geez, you're the oldest person I've been <laughs> my travels. Yeah, you would be. I was like, cheers, bro. Yeah. Um, but 
um, the, the fitness stuff gave me the TEDx talk. And then as a result of the TEDx talk, some corporates started getting me in speaking. And I've just immersed myself in the personal development stuff since I was a teenager. So it's just like, it's just what I know. The same way you'd okay. know fighting and stuff like that. It's just, and so, I don't know. That's just what's led me to doing the personal development stuff now in the last four years. What keeps you in it though is, is probably the real question. Is uh, why? Like why? Because it's obviously you could do any, there's a lot of stuff you could be doing. There must be some sort of feeling or some sort of emotion that it triggers or... Sometimes I lose it and it's when, when we do the talks that it's like, wow, like it kind of blows your mind close to tears last week. We'd, the online world is great and it allows a nice lifestyle where you can travel and you can do all these things and you can make money online. But when you lose the in-person stuff, it's just not the same. So sometimes you're quite like you put up Instagram videos every day and people say, oh, cool, or they share it or whatever doesn't mean anything to me it's, you don't feel anything off of that really i don't know it's nice yeah, to well, obviously means something yeah, yeah it's yeah. no it's look it's lovely when people are like oh i resonate or this or they share yeah. with a friend or what it means but you become a little bit numb to it because yes. you know that that same person is just scrolling the feed and liking lots of stuff and they're not giving a lot of thought podcast is a little bit nicer because people yeah. are actively listening but then the live stuff like last week we're in dublin because there's energy then that's, oh, I think that's what it is there's a queue of people after the talk to tell you their personal stories yeah, where that's it's like amazing. nuts there was a guy last week his daughter had been diagnosed with cancer the day before and he, he him and his daughter came to the seminar and he said it's given her a lift and she's out there writing in her journal like a maniac with loads of ideas and give me oh. a hug and he says thank you for for what you're doing and you know um this teenagers coming with their parents now and they're the teenagers are struggling with their mental health and the parents are so coming. the parents bring them for that reason. And then the parents get lots from it as well. And yeah. I'm like, I needed it. I needed that. And, you know, I'd be questioning myself sometimes. I'm like, who am I to be doing this or whatever? But that gives you a bit of, you're not trying to be the guy with all the answers by any means. You're just trying to give people a bit of hope or a bit of. Yeah. I think as long as you're honest with, with, with people and with yourself, yeah. like you're not saying I'm, I'm like that. I am not your guru. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. the tone yeah. you're on. Like he's, that's, that's the way you need to be. You're kind of like, like, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I think. Yeah. And if it helps you, great. Yeah. It, it has helped me. Yeah. You know, so hopefully you can make a difference. So I don't, I think as long as you're honest and stuff like that, there's no, cause I know you kind of mentioned earlier that you don't like the word like motivational coach or <laughs> life coach or any of this kind of stuff. It's just connotation sometimes, right? With a guy yeah. jumping up and down on the stage. And exactly. Things. But um, and I, so I think you, maybe you're in a way you're kind of like afraid to like categorize yourself as something like that or whatever. But I think as long as you're, as long as you're not talking about stuff that you don't understand yeah. or you're not like, it's you, what you're doing is valuable. Like I've had psychiatrists and psychologists knock on what I'm doing and say like, he's not, stuff, you know, yeah. but, but look, you, you'll always have, you'll never have all the bits of paper that are going to keep everyone happy. Like I did a master's in nutrition and then dietitian said he's not a nutrition, a dietitian, he's a nutritionist. But if I can give people a little bit of hope and the hope could literally be someone who's a little bit stuck in a rut and I say, do the hundred hours or something. And they say, wow, maybe I could do that. Yeah. And the reality is like, if you have a pot, like your podcast, for example, I don't know what your, what your kind of audience is and something like that, but I probably would guess that you're positively affecting a good few thousand, maybe more people's lives, um, every day or every week or whatever, yeah. whatever frequency you do that. But then I would nearly say that that's probably more than psychiatrists or psychologists, whatever, who also charge them for your podcast for free. Like, you you know, and obviously that's a kind of a, a broad statement, but like, that's the one thing I tell people, would, like if people complain about like having to pay to go to a seminar and, or whatever, I'm like, there's a hundred hours of podcast there for free. There's a yeah. couple of hundred videos on YouTube for free. Yeah. My book is a tenor. Yeah. The workshop's 35 euro. One-to-one mm. -one coaching is expensive because I don't, 
yeah. I value my time. Like yes. I, I want to do things that I enjoy. That's why I set mm. up a business. So it's weird the way that people would that like I suppose people with degrees would like shun you. Yeah. For that's just jealousy. That's just I say it's a different thing, and I, like I, I, I definitely appreciate and respect all the things that they do. Yeah, I did toy with going back to study psychiatry or study psychology, mm. but I was battling with: Am I doing this to further my skills, or am mm. I doing this because I feel it's going to validate me within yeah. that community? Yeah, that's the thing. I've yeah. made that mistake in the past. I remember running triathlons in my twenties because I wanted the triathlon community to accept me as well yeah. as the gym community, and I went and ran in a half Ironman in in. Um, mm. Barcelona and did a 24 hour mud run in Las Vegas desert hated every minute of it and was yeah. completely just doing it so that someone would say wow he's able to do that as well yeah. I didn't enjoy it so I think I learned from that I'm not going to go and do a four-year degree yeah what just so someone can tell me I don't have the piece of paper that you know and nothing would change really you then you'd have it and then they'd, they'd someone would find something else to pick on yeah. you about. like that's the way world unfortunately like sad people like that work Lots of people, everyone's helping people in their own, but we've had 4,000 people go through seminars in the last seven months. Mm. So that's a lot of people that are, that's and it. I wouldn't be able to do that if I was back in college. So mm. I always tell people I'm a coach. So like my goal is to help you look at your future. Whereas mm. a psychologist, psychiatrist, those people are more about dealing with the past. Dealing with the past, yeah. It's two different things. And yeah, it's two different ways to approach it as well, mm. which is, and yeah, I, I don't know anything. I'm an idiot like when it comes to stuff like that. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah all of that kind of psychology sometimes they're they're they try and ignore this i shouldn't be saying this but i'm gonna say it. they try and ignore the fact that things are sometimes are simple and they don't like that because i've talked to psychologists and they're like no it's because of this when you're a kid and this and i'm just like that's forget about it yeah what are you gonna do now yeah you know what i mean and i had this uh, this conversation with a housemate of mine who studied psychology and it was kind of a heated conversation because i was like saying Oh, it was really, I was really being, I wasn't thinking one of my words, but I was saying, I was like, I don't care about people's stories. I, I don't care. I don't care why you are the way you are, because what I do care about is how you interact with me now and how you interact with me in the, going forward. I was like, I don't need to know that you are the way you are because of something that happened when you were 10. Mm. I don't need to know that. I was like, I don't care. Mm. I care about you treating me with respect right now. And then all this, that will establish our relationship and then we'll go forward. Now it's, that's very kind of abrasive almost but yeah. that was my I, I still kind of agree with my point but i'm more willing to listen to people's stories now just because i had to, that actually that conversation made me really kind of um become introspective and be like why am i this way mm. and and that which is do psychology in itself then i was like i was she's like she tricked me into into like doing psychology on myself because then i was like yeah it's probably because my dad was this and i didn't want to listen to his excuses anymore and blah 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 blah, blah. i think there's a line between like you can look into stuff too much and you can definitely learn like introspection, non-judgmental introspection and, and kind of becoming inquisitive and curious about your past and your present is more, it is important. But I had a friend there recently, his father passed away and he handled things really well. And he went to a doctor um, to ask about, you know, should he go to counseling or therapy? And the doctor sort of said to him, your dad died, you grieved. You seem to have taken it quite well. I don't think you need counseling. It's, you seem to have kind of, um, have another friend then she's gone through like some relationship stuff recently and she's become fixated on this idea that she needs to see a therapist and there's something wrong with her. And I'm, it's kind of the same. I'm like, anyone going through a breakup is going to have to deal with some stuff themselves. 
So I'm not saying do or don't go. Like yeah. it's not for me to say, but just don't don't get caught. You'll always find problems if you look for problems. Like yeah. so, if you think there's something, you, in your you'll past, find what you're looking for. If yeah, you're looking for negativity, you'll find negativity. Yeah, I went to a, I, I went to a doctor a couple of years ago because I was struggling with my mental health, and it was like I'd achieved all these things I wanted to achieve. So I, I bought a house, I bought a car, I'd done all the things, and I ticked all the boxes. And anytime I struggled with my mental health in the past, I could kind of put my external factors as being the reason I was sad. So I don't have a successful business. That's why I'm sad. I'm back living with my parents. That's why I'm depressed. I'm not successful. And now I had everything, like everything I thought I ever wanted. And I still was struggling with mood. And I was convinced it was like a biochemical thing. So I went and got blood work done. And the doctor sat with me. And he goes, have you considered that maybe it's your age? Like Doctors get a hard rap sometimes when it comes to mental health. Mm. But he goes, when you think about your age, he goes, what I took from it, at least this might not be, be what he said, but this is what I took at the time. He said, years ago, like your father probably would have been in his 20s when he started a family. And that was kind of a new chapter in his life. And he goes, you're like 28, 29 now. And so you're not the young book who's the alpha that's full of testosterone, maybe the way the young 20, 21 year olds are. Mm. Equally, you're not a family man yet. And you're not, you're in this funny in between. And maybe that's challenging your identity a bit. Maybe that's all that's wrong. You're like, just not mm. sure where you stand in the world. And it was amazing because it was like that perspective shift was huge for me. Mm. Um, I, it did a lot, you know, and, and it helped me. It was, I think that was an important part of learning to like just accept the way things are sometimes and not feel the need to be. To overanalyze it or. Yeah, not have to be motivated and inspired and energetic and enthusiastic all the time. Like, and yeah. again, to, to recognize that I, I think like a well-lived life, I think it's about having a wide array of experiences and mm. experiencing all the emotions and like not yeah. being shut down from, from stuff, just like taking things as they come. Yeah. So I, I appreciated him being like that. Um, I suppose that's kind of a, a, a little bit of a downside to um, surrounding yourself with positive people. Like yeah. Some of like you mentioned Gary Vee and stuff there earlier. If you're always watching Gary Vee and Gerard Adams and Lewis House and Aubrey Marcus and stuff, you're going, that's what I need to be like all the time. Yeah. And that can be the downside to, to that. It's like, because I'm like that. If I don't feel, I feel like I'm always like, if I, if I start feeling tired, this is even now, even right now at this minute, I'm like, no, you can't be tired. You need to be like the high energy motivational guy. Otherwise you're not being true to what you are or whatever. Yeah. It's all just this weird story that you tell yourself. Yeah. It's all comparison. Like comparison. everything is comparison. Um, I think that it's most simple. If we can compare ourselves to who we were yesterday, mm. we'll always grow. And if we compare ourselves to other people, we'll always be stuck. What Some of the Aubrey Marcus crew, because I was out there in Texas a couple of months back for two weeks at On It, mm. and uh, they're an interesting group of people because they're really, um, they're all beautiful, the people in the gym. I'd say so. <laughs> like, I'd say so, yeah. Perfectly tanned. and Especially because we're a pasty white yeah, Irish. I'm the whitest people. person going. They're all like perfect, <laughs> and they're in the gym, and they've got perfect, everything's perfect. Yeah. But some of them jokingly say that they'll do Botox today, and they'll drink a kale smoothie tomorrow. And they'll go and get drunk tonight and they'll do plant medicine tomorrow. Okay. And what they're getting at is you don't need to be, I think there's a lesson in that too. Okay, so you don't we're... have to be a tree hugging hippie all of the time. Mm. Equally, you don't have to be one of the cool kids all the time. Like you can embrace different parts of yourself yeah. that feel right at the different times. Yeah. Well, this is something that I heard recently because uh, going through all this different kind of spiritual experiences that I've been going through with ayahuasca and, and psilocybin and all this kind of stuff and just loads of yoga and all. And then I kind of was going hard down that route and I felt like I was like missing 
um, some of the like the weightlifting and the jujitsu and stuff mm. like that. I don't know if it was Aubrey Marcus that said it, but it was someone I heard someone saying on a podcast like you need dirt to balance out the clouds. Like you need to you you can be you can't be living in the clouds the whole time, being like also spiritual and loving yeah, and, yeah. and yoga and breath work and this and this and this. You need a bit of just get the fuck up, yeah, get into the yeah. gym, do some deadlifts, yeah, try to kill someone in jujitsu. You need that balance, like I think yeah. so. And I suppose with what they're talking about then is yeah, having that like smoothie now, pizza later, like kind of thing yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Well, and you, it's okay to to do that. You listen to Eckhart Tolle. You listen to a lot of these mm. guys and the the common phrases. You are not a what do they say? You're a spiritual being having a human experience or something to that effect. Right. That's that's their big thing. We're all we're all energy, and mm. they talk all this. You know, it's 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 out there, and it's. I mean, it all makes sense and everything else. Atoms contemplating atoms. Yeah, but if you know, if you get too caught up in that, like, there's two ways you can learn and you can live life. You can go and sit in a cave and meditate all the time, which is fine. You will get mm. to know yourself. But like if you're given a human body and there's something there that makes your heart beat, makes your blood go through your veins, you're supposed to have a human experience and a human experience right. is you'll learn more on a surfboard or in a jujitsu class or in a breakup or in a, you'll learn more in all these human experiences mm. than you ever will in any other way. So it's like, it's great to do the spiritual practices and to like center yourself and get perspective and slow down and not be on a, not in the rat race all the time. Yeah. But equally you'll learn from like doing yeah being and doing like it's the two yeah. together i think is important because it kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier like you if you can you can be meditating but like right that's it i've got a sus i'm i'm, I'm zen and then you, someone can be trying to crush your face in a north south choke yeah and yeah. you're like i'm not zen i'm not zen. like yeah. you, so you need both you need to be able to apply one and the other and you, and you, you need yeah like the, the good and the bad the, there's um, John D. Martini. He was in the film The Secret, but John John's stuff is really good. I've studied his stuff over the years, and he's he's incredibly well read, like to a scary degree. Like I think he was homeless as a kid, and he found a home in a library, and he had every book in the library read by the time he was a teenager, and then he found all the sciences. So each of the sciences ends with O G Y or a lot of them. So psychology, okay, biology, true. theology. Mm-hmm. I think two. I could be getting my numbers wrong, but something like two hundred of them. Mm. Found them all. Found the reading syllabus to get a PhD in each of those things and went through them all. So he's incredibly well read. He's in the film The Secret. He's one of the guys I was saying wouldn't particularly warm to him and his personality, but his material is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But John talks about polarity and the idea yeah, that that's, that was a word I was looking for. Just yeah. There. Like, so we can't understand something when we judge it. So if you judge yourself, you can't understand why you are the way you are because you've decided like I am, I, I'm a fat person or I'm this, that, that's you making a decision. Your mind closes. Um, curiosity opens the mind when judgment will close the mind. So going back to like looking at your past if you were to find a negative experience in your past you're trying to look, find all the positives that came with it like mm. that's finding perspective so okay i went through a breakup why was that positive oh it wasn't positive well no there was definitely some positives there mm. you saw more of your friends you re- rekindled some friendships you hadn't seen in a while you had more time for yourself you didn't have to okay so you find the good and then you look at the really good situations and you say well what, why was that negative Okay, when traveling the world when I was 18 to 21, why was that negative? My friends back home got closer than, than I had been to them and I kind of felt disconnected when I came home. So there's always good and there's bad and there's good. Yeah. There's always good and bad and bad and good. And so John will say, and again, this is a guy who's incredibly well read. If you ask him about meditation, he'll say it's a waste of time because he says every moment in life is a meditation, a meditation by yeah. doing that practice yeah. of someone cuts me off and crashes into my because car. Because you're being present. Yeah. Because you're assessing the situation like... 
well, you're kind of looking into the past, but at the same time, it's in the present. And I think you, you train yourself. I mean, it sounds super clinical, but I think you train yourself and you get a little bit better at doing that. Through Byron Katie's stuff that I talked about earlier, I've become a little bit better at doing that quicker. Yes. So like someone leaves a negative comment on Facebook or Twitter. Mm, block them. Yeah, or just, <laughs> no, yeah, just, be, just be like, <laughs> kidding. just be like try to, okay, rather than like getting super caught up in it, be like, like someone said, I'm running a retreat in November and someone said, that's crazy money. I could go on a holiday with my family to Spain for that. And my immediate reaction was, they don't know. I've spent 15 years of my life doing this and I've spent tens of thousands and I've put in so much time and I love what I do and I'm like, I'm going to make it an amazing weekend. It's going to, that was my initial reaction. But then very quickly, mm. I was able to be like, that's a person who, you know, values going on holiday with their family more yeah. than they do. That's, that's, that's a perfectly exactly. normal, you know, so. Because you could have another person who goes, wow, that's great value. I did literally the next day someone really? goes, you're doing your stuff too cheap. And it's like, there you go. See, so you yeah. can't deviate. And I was very quick when I saw his po- comment go up, I was very quick to pull in the retreat because my insecurity was saying, maybe he's right. Maybe I shouldn't be charging. That happens charging. all the time. You know, yeah. I could, like, for example, we're releasing these charity t-shirts later on today. And like, it took me a long time to come up with a price for them. And the price we came up with was like 30 euros. Mm. And, but then like, I'll tell a load of, like, I can get a lot of people are like, yeah, Grant. But then one person goes, that's too expensive. Yeah. Like even on the phone to my brother, he was like, oh, you know, that's a lot of money. Like, is it not to be, could he not have done a this or, you know, and then you kind of, you're real tempted to go, oh, maybe, I'll, maybe it's not too late to like lower the price or maybe it's this or maybe yeah. it's that. You have to just kind of go look. Well, if you have the right reasons, like your reasons there, where look, I've put this much time into it, this this much preparation, all this kind of stuff. If you have that, because I was able to go with him. Well, this is why it's that much, you know, because we need to do this and we need to make a substantial. Actually, to be honest, um, this means that we can give a, a better. It would make more of an impact because we can give a big a bigger donation to the cause. Yeah. You know, I could lower the price, but it doesn't change the price that I have to get the t-shirts for. Yeah. So all it does is lower the impact that you're going to make on the charity that we're donating to. Mm. It's like, so this is like the price. And I did a lot of surveys and I asked people. And so I was able to justify the what the price that I put it at and stuff. So as long as you're able to do that. Yeah. Because if, if I suppose if it came to a point where you went, actually, maybe I didn't really try that hard to put this retreat together. Maybe he's right. That would be your like, oh. Or if none of my retreats sold or none of your t-shirts yeah. sold, then you're like, oh, the world has given me proof that my concept's not working. Exactly. So yeah, it's like. The only way you can do is try and prove the concept, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if people are, your retreats are usually full, aren't they? Yeah. And yeah your yeah. seminars are usually full. And yeah, so yeah. So it's all. That's, it's all good. Yeah, but definitely still have the moments of doubt and everything else. But I thought that's a, that's probably the biggest tool I think for us all is like trying to learn how to just a bit quicker because what i tell people is like i used to get anxiety when i was a teenager mm. and i've discovered all these tools and i still get anxiety so it's not like the, the anxiety never went away but the difference is i'm much quicker at bouncing back now yeah so uh what would have been a bad week is now a bad half day or something yeah. like that so the tools don't that comes from martial arts i think as well because like uh, you never you're never not afraid i remember i read george st pierre's book okay quite early on when i was fighting i was so glad i read it because he's always like you know it doesn't you don't get less scared or you don't get less you just deal with it better yeah you just you you, you becomes normal and john used to say to us a lot before fighting he'd be like how do you feel and like he knows how you feel like, yeah. as well yeah you'd like nervous and he'd be like sure you knew you were gonna feel like that didn't you and you're like i did yeah and he's like so, just, so it's not, it's all good then. You're like, yeah, I suppose it is. And that's it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, it's just, it just is what it is. It's funny, know? the how do you feel thing. I was out in Brooklyn maybe two months ago and I met with a girl out there who I'd met through uh, the Aubrey Marcus Mastermind. 
and she's real um spiritual kind of person mm. i suppose which is like different to the most of the people i hang out with and I oh. was a, <laughs> like in a good but, way or just like spiritually you mean because she's quite out there and yeah I guess all the people I hang out with they're into their like their daily practices and like mm. they, they they live pretty well-rounded lives but she was really just the terminology she would use and like okay. very earthy kind of person gotcha. I don't know is that the gotcha. word she would have been like growing up in a yurt and like really okay so anyway I stayed with her for a week in Brooklyn and uh, she was asking this question like oh she'd be like how do you feel Pat and they're like, I feel good. Yeah. And she'd be like, yeah. that's mm, just an automated, she's no. like, that's, yeah. you're not checking in with how you feel. That's just an automated answer. Yeah. And I was like, all right. She's like, so how do you feel? I was like, yeah, I feel, I feel yeah, good. Grand, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was so challenged by this for the week. Cause it was like, again, be getting introspective. I was like, why can I not communicate what I'm feeling? And I was like, that, it was an it's, interesting. It's like an Irish thing as well. I don't know if it's an Irish thing, but it's a people thing. We, we all do that. I've, I've actually tried to recently try to come up with ways to break that. Cause yeah. I, I just, sometimes I get really frustrated with the pitter patter and stuff that you have yeah. with people who go, hi, how are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Okay, cool. Let's continue on with what we are supposed to be doing here. And I just, it sometimes bugs me. Yeah. So I was trying to come up with like pattern interrupts. So like, um, I was going into places, um, and I go, hi, how's it going? And they go, oh yeah, good. And I go, what's the best part of your day so far? Yeah. And I got, and then immediately their face changes, like they're more present. Yeah. They're like, well, I need to think about that now. Yeah. And, and then, but then it really, like, that stuff is so valuable. Oh, I like, found it so, so, such an interesting week. Like, it was yeah, because you're like, how do I feel? And then, hello, darkness, my <laughs> old friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know how I feel, actually. Funny thing was, like, four days in, I was like, Ali, she's like, what's up? And I was like, how do you feel right now? I said yes, to her, <laughs> and I was taking the piss. And she and didn't realize. Good, she, yeah. goes, she goes, you know what? That's a phenomenal question. <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> and then you like, what's the answer? I yeah. can't even remember what the answer yeah, was. But she, but she probably was just really present. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, I found it interesting. It's good to have those conversations that are just so different to your general kind of, I'm going actually, I don't know if I was telling you this, I'm going to Thailand for a month in December doing yoga teacher training. Are you going to do it? Deadly? I've done, I've booked on and I've done four yoga classes in my life. I, I really, I'm, so, I'm actually really thinking about doing it. I I'm, do a lot of yoga now. Yeah. And I, I, it's something that's kind of like calling me in a way. I'm like, wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it all in one month. Cause you can 200 hours. Yeah. 200 in a month. Hours. And oh, I'm really? looking, I'm looking at the videos of the previous attendees and mm. again, it's all really earthy looking, you know, like yeah, super, but, which is cool. I'm like, that's, mm. that's, that's not my comfort zone. I, I'm well, <laughs> Oh, cause you're, you're not worried, but you're thinking about who you're going to be surrounded by. I just think it's yeah. going to be a challenging and interesting, challenging in a very good way. Like it's going to be like, completely out of autopilot because mm. I'm not going to be sat there talking to people about jujitsu or I mean look I'm a, I'm a person that can talk about plenty of things mm. but I'm like I'm going to be the one guy in a group of probably 15 mostly women I'm sure mm. that are probably hardcore yogis mm. I'm going to be the outlier in that yeah. which is cool I'm That's excited cool. for it like but yeah. yeah there'll be a good amount of growth hopefully that'd be really cool but like you, you, there's so many different types of people in yoga as well like Kevin Boyle who you're, you're saying you're going to do a podcast yeah, with as well yeah. like he's very He's not that kind of um, woo-woo, uh, spiritual kind of guy. He's a real like, okay, we're going to do this and this is for this muscle and that's just the way it is because biology, you know? Yeah, And yeah. he's like real like that. Yeah. He's like, you know, you're not opening your heart chakra. You're not doing this. You're stretching your pecs. Okay, and go <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, so there's, there's room for all these different kind of types and I like them all. I go to all of them. I do Kundalini yoga and that can be quite out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. That can be quite... Um, 
um I, I one of one of Janet's um friends um Janet's my girlfriend I don't know if mm-hmm. yeah but one of her friends came to do a Kundalini class last Wednesday and I was there as well and she told me that she was going to be there and all this kind of stuff and um I was kind of going I was worried about how she was going to like um interpret it because it's just it's just can be a bit kind of crazy you do you do a lot of crazy stuff and and you can easily very easily go what's the point in this yeah you can go this is not benefiting me f- like physically what are you stretching what are you doing you can there's so many questions you can ask yeah loads of stuff you could probably do the same thing and i was kind of explained to her at the end i was like oh yeah that was a particularly mad one just just so you know she's like all right cool and i was like you were probably thinking that like what's the point in all of this while you were doing it she was like yeah i was yeah and i was like well that's the point yeah and she was like what are you talking about but i i i was like the point is that you had you went through something where you're thinking about what's the point but you still did it and you kind of just let go i, I think and this is my yeah, per, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. i think that kundalini is about letting go and this is someone's listening going no it's not it's about this but I don't we know. both did the ecstatic dance it's kind of similar that's right? the thing yeah. like where's the resistance and can you be with the resistance yeah. and like that was i said this on kevin's podcast this is that was like the best probably one of the best things that i've ever done yeah. in terms of personal growth because um where did you do yours actually that was with aubrey, oh, that was with Texas. aubrey. yeah yeah so that was it was really cool were you um under the influence or no no, <laughs> no. we're all perfect yeah. completely sober yeah. morning i think it was the sunday morning of a morning. three-day weekend it was class and what he said in the opening i like the way he framed it i think it's a good way of looking at things actually a, a different story to to frame that i was in thailand a couple of months before and there was a beach party and I was with my girlfriend at the time yeah. and one of these mad beach parties there's fire breathers there's you know Amazing. everything you, you anticipate and I have this resistance around dancing so I'm like I don't want to go out dancing my girlfriend's straight out dancing she loves it I'm I've like, had oh. this my whole life I was like I'll go oh. I was like I'll join you I'll join you in a minute and I go to the bathroom and then I'm like I'm gonna go to the bar and then I go to the bar, bathroom the bar like I'm just avoiding the dance floor and eventually the music stops and I turn to the DJ I'm like I was just about to go out dancing you gotta play another one and he's like no it's done and I'm like that's life like life is gonna come to an end and your fears are gonna have so that was the that was the background on dancing and then we go to Aubrey's thing and he said He's doing the intro, so people don't don't know ecstatic dance. The one I did was like a hero's journey kind of um thing where he started with you're born and you come out and everything's safe and you're protected. And is he talking? He's talking a little bit throughout it. Yes. And he kind of um yeah. he's got a almost a narrative or a storyline. Yeah. So you come out, everything's safe, and this it's nice music, and then and the music is tying in with that, yeah. Yeah, and then chaos comes, and then you have to rally together with your people, and you go through all this and you go you just express yourself. But what he said, which I thought was really strong, was between hearing the music and your body moving there's a space and for me on the beach in thailand that space was huge because i was judging myself and beating myself up so like anytime you're afraid of doing something it's because you're living in your head so he said we want to lessen the space between the music and your so you see like you see the really out there hippy dippy people when they're out dancing they're just flowing with the music and the body's going daft and there's no space for thought no space yeah and it's the same thing it's like when you stand on a diving board if you stand there for 20 minutes you get really scared about what's going to go wrong jump straight away yeah yeah. so it's like how fast can you act in spite of your feelings Mm. because the feeling's just going to get more intensified if you don't act yeah this is your counting down from five seconds thing you're talking about in your podcast recently yeah so Aubrey there he says He's just blunt. He goes, look, if you're a guy and you're young and you move your hips this way, people call you gay and you never move your hips that way again. If you're a girl and you do this, people call you macho. And so you don't move in that way. And so your body shuts down from moving in certain patterns. Men don't move their hips or women don't do this. And he says like, 
your your thinking becomes shut down because your body is shut down. So that was a good experience. Just an hour of going fucking down. You did an hour. <laughs> yeah, mine was two hours. Oof. Um under the influence. No. Okay. No, no. I was just I was just asking you because I was just thinking the whole yeah, you know, because like, Aubrey's obviously yeah, into yeah, plant yeah, medicine yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was just yeah. wondering. No, uh completely not. Um and it was two hours and was, and I resisted dance my whole life. Like um always I'm always that person that people are trying to pull up. Yeah. And they're like, come on, it's gonna be fun. Da, da, da. And I'm always envious of the people who are dancing. Yeah, for sure. And I'm and I've always noticed without taking action though, I've always noticed that they that they look the happiest. Mm. The ones who just have their eyes closed and they're just moving with the music and there's no space in between them and the music. Yeah. And I've always jealous of that. Mm. And it's weird how you can just know something and then not do anything about it and stuff, you know. Um but then I think it was because I was kind of on that spiritual journey i keep saying that but um i was more maybe more more self-awareness and all this kind of stuff a housemate moved in who go who was going to the class and as soon as she said it i was like because I've, I've seen i've heard about aubrey doing it and so i've heard of people talking about it and i was like almost just waiting for the for it to present itself in the universe which pretty much always happens yeah and then she said it like i don't think she even finished a sentence so i was like i'm going yeah I was like when is it Can't, i want to go but uh, i really think it was one of the best things i've ever done it was um it was yeah the guy was kind of talking it was you're moving through and i was just able to i just closed my eyes and then for about an hour my eyes were closed and i wasn't moving much i was almost doing yoga and doing loads of breath work uh, like wim hof kind of yeah, stuff like yeah. um rounds and rounds and breathing stuff because that's just how i felt like so sitting like cross-legged and then i just start moving around in circles and then i but um it, you get to this crazy i was like almost getting hallucinogenic at some, like certain points like i was like had like image of you know of me dancing and everyone kind of watching me you know and and being and then like i'm realizing that they're not watching me they were actually like um uh supporting me and then from then the, the image turned from them watching me to them like applauding me and being like go ben go ben <laughs> and i was like yeah i was like i was like if you think about it that is, if you were to just do this all the time and when you are that guy at a party who's just dancing and not really worrying about it, people are like kind of supporting you with it because they're feeling like maybe they maybe they're not saying it to you, but like their energy, their like, you're what going. Does he know when you see that guy, you're going, yeah, that guy's killing it, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and you start you it lifts you up and stuff like. And I was like, oh yeah, like this is all you have to do. You just have to just switch off and and feel. Now it's still obviously going to be really difficult, but I've, I did it. I went to a wedding or not wedding. I went to my mom's fiftieth recently, and it was like the next time to put it into practice. Yeah, and I and I made a promise to myself, and I was going there because I wasn't drinking as well. And I was and everyone was like, "Oh, you're not drinking? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, what, what are you going yeah, to party? You can't not drink." And I was yeah. like, "Look, I'm going to stay up the whole night. Yeah, I'm not, and, I, and you guys are going to be sitting down." and like and that's it and that's the promise i made to myself so i stayed up the whole night i was dancing the whole night even when i wasn't dancing i was standing up uh behind janet like janet was sitting on a chair like she was tired she doesn't get tired she's like a duracell bunny <laughs> she just doesn't get tired she dances all night and she was sitting down she was tired yeah. and i was standing up still moving like the whole time and i was able to put it into practice and i was like this is actually grand like if you just make a promise to yourself and get just your reps in just get your reps in yeah just get your dancing reps in there was a yeah. i thought it was interesting i was chatting to some of the girls at that event in mm. the states and typically women i think are a bit more comfortable with dance um i think so you know they go out in groups and they go on the yeah. dance floor whereas lads are just out on the dance floor to pull, to pull or like yeah. sit and stand yeah. in a circle stand off to the yeah. corner till they've had a bottle of book fast mm. this is all personal experience book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to galway but I was talking to one of the girls after and I was like, how was that for you? 
And she's like, I have massive resistance around that. And I was like, I thought you said you like dancing. She's like, I love dancing. I've always loved dancing. But what she had recognized in herself was because the lights were down low and everyone was going introspective and going into themselves. She goes, it's my first time being out dancing where I wasn't getting any validation externally. Wow, that's a... That's it's an interesting a, that's insight. An, ooh, that's an intense insight to yeah. have her to figure it out. Your and mind. like... And so she was being, like, I'm always looking for validation. She didn't like the point. She didn't. She, didn't, she, she, liked she wasn't comfortable with the fact she wasn't being yeah. acknowledged and praised and looked at and well. lusted on or whatever the word is. Um, so there's always lessons in everything, I think, if you're kind of willing to look at it. But like a lot of people are shut down because you say, oh, ecstatic dance or you say yoga. You could say internet. It's like, nah, that's not for me. There's nothing in that. Da, 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 da. Why not ask? You know, when I guide meditations in the workshops, I say, notice, is this comfortable or is it uncomfortable? Mm. And maybe ask yourself, why is this comfortable? Why, why am yeah. I really, why do I feel really good in this? What, mm. Okay, why do I struggle with this? Well, because I never slow down. Okay, you're learning about yourself. This is perfect. Mm. Like be inquisitive rather than kind of, I said on the podcast recently, when we make statements, we close the mind. And when we ask questions, we open yeah. the mind. So ecstatic dances for douchebags is a statement. It's a statement okay what why am i why have i resistance around that or what could what could i learn from that or you know how could i feel, feel a bit more comfortable doing that or what could i you know i think that opens the mind to possibilities mm. it's a simple kind of thing for people to catch themselves on as well when we talk about the stories we tell ourselves typically the stories we tell ourselves are statements rather than questions so i've got bad genetics i'll never meet someone there's no good men out there there's no good women out there um People like me can't do speaking. You know, there's all these stories, but they're not questions. And mm. Tony says that, you know, Tony Robbins says, the quality of your life comes down to the quality of the questions you ask yourself. Nice. So one person might say, why am I always the one that, I don't know, why am I always the one that gets mistreated by their partner? Mm. Whereas the next person might be saying, what are the qualities I need to develop in myself? to feel good in my own skin mm. so that I feel comfortable in myself, but maybe I'll meet a partner someday because mm. I feel comfortable in myself. But they're both questions. Both questions. Oh, it's yeah. depending on which Sometimes question you ask yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Tony will say yes. that. Can you ask yourself a better question? And that could be as simple as like, rather than saying, how do I manage stress? Mm. Ask what are the stressful things in my life that I can get rid of? Cause some people like hate their job. Yeah. So they want to manage stress. And it's yeah. like the best way to manage the stress is to get rid of the job. Go back to the root. Yeah. Rather than... So it's phrasing your questions different, mm, yeah. But the statements thing as well, yeah. So how do you motivate yourself? Me? Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of our conversation has been about like you telling other people what oh, yeah. is the best way to do it. So I wonder what, what is it that motivates you if you had to... That's a hard one. It's like, an, it's like an, what motivates you? Oh, I don't know. I pick goals. I mean, I've gone through phases. My 20s was all about goals and chasing things. And like I say, getting a house and getting a car and getting mm. well-known, all this kind of stuff. And I recognized I was doing it for the wrong reasons at times. Yeah. It was for validation and acceptance and approval. So then I almost went the opposite way and I had two or three years of no goals. Mm. And that was nice for a while, but then you kind of lose. I kind of describe it to someone, if you're working on a project and it's difficult, or it's probably like a fighter, right? You train for a fight for 12 weeks. And it's a hard camp, but you feel like you're working towards something. You have your fight and then it's nice to have a week off after or two weeks off after. But then if you kept going with the weeks off, eventually it's would feeling like I need something in my life. Yeah. So that's kind of how I look at it now that I had the two or three years of not really chasing much or, or working on much. So now I just pick a couple areas. So like rather than being real specific with goals, I pick areas. So like jujitsu, meditation, coaching and speaking will be some of the areas. Surfing now as well. Mm. And I say, right. 
how many hours do I want to dedicate to these things like mm. of intentional practice and then whatever happens as a result mm. of that and I just pick certain things I do certain things that, like I meditate every day I do the work every day which is the Byron Katie stuff, stuff yeah. or a journaling process of some kind I drink water I sweat which is my jiu-jitsu or some form of training mm. um, I, I text someone to acknowledge them like someone I care about just to touch base because I'm not that's my, one of my things I'm not very good at is staying in touch with people so they get try Me to too. have a practice um, and then I do something fun every day and it's like that's kind of how I, I do those things irrespective of how I feel mm-hmm. and I tend to feel good after doing them so what motivates you is self-improvement basically pretty much and I think just um, just being curious about life and sort of not being attached to having to be the guy I was I don't want to be the guy I was six months ago or 12 months yeah. ago I want to always be growing and developing and mm-hmm. You know, um, you're under no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. And you said it earlier when we were talking about like struggle we've both had has been like, how do you define who you are and what you do when you do lots of different things? Yeah. So I'm just like, I want to be comfortable that you don't have to. I don't have to too much. It is nice to be able to put yourself in a box, but I also don't want to be in a box. So it's like a sales thing, isn't it? It's like, it's nice in the scenarios where you need it to just kind of sell yourself in a way. You have to be like, because yeah, you can be very vague about your stuff and you can be like, oh, I don't need to define myself. At the end of the day, the, what, the, the image you put out there is maybe what supports your lifestyle. Yeah. Like it could be. So you have to, in a way, conform a little bit. When I was a fitness guy, my, my tagline was drop a dress size in 28 days or I give you your money back. And that was very easy. I could stand up in front of anyone or if someone could say, what do you do? Oh, I help people lose weight. It's very easy. So if I wanted to be a like savvy businessman, I would have just stayed in fitness because it's very hard to sell, particularly in Ireland, what I'm trying to do now. Um, mm-hmm. It's a slow burner. Like it's hard to put a lot of people in a room when you, what, what, what's the night about? Oh, it's just a conversation for two hours about clarity and confidence. Okay. It's, it's, it's not for, it's not hugely tangible. So there's definitely a challenge on that regard, but the way I look at it, like I was saying to you earlier, I look, I'm looking at guys like Joe Rogan now and these guys in their 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond that are still learning, growing and developing and learning in public and uh, not too stiff in their way of thinking or their way of, yeah. that's what inspires me, I think. So who are the people who motivate you and Joe, would Joe be one of them? And um, Maybe. I think I've learned to not put people on pedestals, like to just ex- appreciate qualities in people because... I have come close to people that I've had as my heroes and I've been disappointed by them. But then upon reflection on myself, it's been my own um, projections. Like if I admire someone and I learn a lot from them, I'm like, oh, I need to get close to that person. And then the closer I get, the more you see the chips or what's the the clinks in the armor, whatever the expression will be. And then you can kind of diminish and, and walk away from like, I don't know, like the speaking community, a lot of guys will talk a big game and then you get close to them and you're like, this guy's cheating on his wife or this guy's doing this or this guy's doing this. You're like, they're not the person they they portray themselves to be. So I'm always conscious that I think everyone's got different parts of themselves and like, so I, I try not to put anyone on a pedestal. My dad inspires me. We used to drive each other daft, but he's like a super simple man that like keeps everything simple, looks after his family, works hard, um, keeps the head down, has a simple life. Um, doesn't get involved in any bullshit so that that's inspiring to me which wouldn't have been the case a couple of years ago because i thought i don't know i was i was saying to someone yesterday like i've been lucky to travel a lot i've done 40 or 50 countries now and i've ran all over the world to seminars and and climb mountains and done all these things to find myself or to meet inspiring people and then i come back here to barna in galway and i might meet an old man that's grown up here all his life and i'm looking at the guy and he seems content and i'm like 
yeah. he's, he's got what I've been running around the world for. It's funny, isn't it? it, mm. it, it you find it in the maddest places. So I think the people actually that inspire me are the, are the people that just enjoy their work and their life mm. and live simple lives and don't feel the need to put on a show for anyone. Like don't need to change who they are, you know. Ed Sheeran's an inspiring dude, like a random one for uh, he. Oh, right. I, I don't know where that one <laughs> came from. But I just been looking at him recently, and and whatever about his music, he's just like he just he just seems so genuine. He does like he I, he does he's, he's like ah oh, no I'm not doing that that's not really he's me. just cool I don't know he's cool and he just seems so so he brought out a rap song have you seen that no his most recent song is like a rap song oh. and he's actually good and he doesn't right. give a shit that he's like yeah a ginger pasty. Yeah, he's like, whatever, I'm going to do rap. Yeah. I'm going to do rap and he's doing rap and it doesn't seem cheesy. It doesn't seem anything. Really? Does it seem, it's okay. Just, just, just listen to that. I haven't heard that at all. Uh, something, him and, oh, him, him and Stormzy. And, I know the song. Sorry, like, it's yeah. kind of pop. Rap, I, know, I, guess, I know the song, yeah. Yeah, there's something with him. Uh, mm. He actually stayed up the road a couple of houses up. When oh, he, is when that when he fell in love, wasn't it? He didn't go here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think simplicity is the key. So it's more it? qualities that you focus on. You 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 respect like qualities in people rather than the people themselves. Or well, obviously you're gonna respect certain people, or you're gonna look up to certain people. But yeah, it's qualities. You, I think you don't want to put them on a pedestal. Makes sense. Yeah, um, that's kind of our conversation earlier as well with, with people like Aubrey and Joe and Lewis House and all this kind of stuff. You don't you can admire their qualities and you can take from them. And you can try and adapt those positive qualities to your own life, but don't maybe just don't really revere the person so much yeah because anytime you, you put some, anytime mm-hmm. you put someone on a pedestal you put yourself down to some degree so that's the thing because you're putting them up so you must be putting yourself down yeah right? it's judgment and again when you judge something you can't understand it fully okay. so like judgment is putting someone up or putting someone down but mm-hmm. having a kind of wider perspective and being like say gary vaynerchuk people respect mm-hmm. his work ethic but what does that mean about his family life I don't know mm-hmm. what the answer to that is, yeah. but it's where it's like, yeah. you know, hustle, 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 hustle. Yeah. Does that, that's, I definitely don't want that life. No. And sometimes when we have adoration for other people, we just like, or infatuation with what other people are doing. We just do what they're doing because they're doing it. Yeah. Like I could say, oh, Rogan's got this kind of microphone, so I'm going to get that kind of microphone or Rogan's doing this. Or I Rogan's do you want that microphone though? It's a good, it's a good microphone. <laughs> is, the, is, he, is he got a good setup? I'm sure he does. Yeah. Well, his mics are like, rock. They're, his mics are good. They're like, sure SMB 70 or something like that just like, sometimes people are I find just people are watching like trying to figure out like I've seen in the fitness industry the last 10 years everyone's gone into mindset now like it's training nutrition mindset is the three pillars like and that wasn't the case and no. I don't know I don't know why that is but I think it's followed the leader to some degree or follow you know you with, yeah yeah looking around at like what should I be doing Earl Nightingale going back to that book The Strangest Secret he says uh, the opposite of courage is conformity yeah and he says basically that you got to be creating rather than competing so like what do i want as opposed to like what's everyone else doing and mm. i definitely in my 20s it was very much looking around you know yeah. oh, joe wicks is doing this i better start like catching up with that kind of yeah. thing and it was like that's so not hard not to do it though, isn't it yeah you gotta just kind of slap yourself so in the face every now and then yeah what's next for you um yoga teacher training which is gonna be an interesting yeah, month lovely she gone to Tenerife for two weeks doing a jiu-jitsu camp which I'm looking forward to Tenerife who's Daniel that Str- with Daniel Strauss um, oh yeah and uh, Ben Poppleton he was one of the first black belts in the UK okay and, and a judo Steve Galthorpe I think his name is um, when's that that's in a couple of weeks oh, nice. we're doing a mini tour in September um, 
and then we're going to Kilimanjaro off to a group of 25 going to Kilimanjaro in February so that'd be a good trip and I'm going to do a tour in the new year we're going to do London Dubai and all around Ireland so that's kind of Dubai have you gone on Dubai lots, of, lots of jiu-jitsu yeah jiu-jitsu has changed my life the last couple of years it's been like you're probably pretty close to Purple Belt now I'd say I'm hoping by the I'm end of the year, yeah, year. yeah, yeah. Um, that's where I see myself probably two, three years down the line is having mm. a local jiu-jitsu gym here for kids. Would you do that? Would you be interested in that? Yeah, now? kids and teenagers. Once I settle and I'm not traveling as much as I'm traveling and I can commit to something, I'll, I'll, I would like a, a little studio with yoga, jiu-jitsu, breath work. Yeah. Maybe some. Sounds new. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be hugging trees next time you make it to here. How do you feel, yeah. Ben? Um, you get you on the plant medicine buzz and you might be... <laughs> Oh, I've been at the, a bit of that as well, but oh, yeah. that's for another day. That's for another day. We need to save Ooh, some, uh... We've got a part two coming. <laughs> Unreal. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Let's wrap it up. And thanks so much. Is nothing else you want to say or promote? Or... No, no. All good. Um, I, don't think, I, think, I don't think people have a hard time finding you online anyway. Oh, you find them. That's why, that's why I said someone recently. I was like, oh, you won't need to look for me. I'm coming to you. But, <laughs> trust me. Hopefully, I got the podcast there. If people listen to the podcast and they enjoy it, come to a seminar. And um, yeah, if you don't, you got a problem. <laughs> you got a problem. <laughs> okay, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Um, to reiterate that quote that I was talking about by Earl Nightingale during the podcast, it was that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So, in other words, if you are pursuing something that means a lot to you, then you are successful. Um, I really like that idea and I hope that this podcast has helped you in a small way to do that for yourself today. Okay, get out there, keep on grinding and I will talk to you all very soon. Yeah.